warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. We're not on an island anymore. There's a town five miles from here. If we don't shut this down, everything changes. These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're gonna be here after. This has to end. Ready PG-13. Episode 238. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, paint it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yeah. This week we were talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It's been three long years since the, uh, first, uh, in this new trilogy came out. Uh, Jake, we are not alone this week. Uh, we are joined by the queen of the leftover army, Rebecca Daling. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Absolutely. And first time guest on the show, uh, Brandon McLean. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, why you are jumping on the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom podcast. Uh, I'm just such a major fan of Jurassic Park. I've loved Jurassic Park for since I was like eight years old. I remember going to go see it in uh, 93 with my parents and... I remember looking at the in the newspaper when we had to find movie times. That's how ancient I am. But uh, I just remember going to that movie and it was just I don't know. Jurassic Park is like blown my mind for years. I've loved that movie forever. It's probably my favorite movie, honestly. So I just I definitely wanted to jump on this uh, episode because I just I was excited about this movie. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. So uh, if after five movies, guys, uh, would you go to a real Jurassic Park? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, I would too. <laughs> Rebecca, would you go? No! No, I want to go to one! 
just get bitten in half by a giant dinosaur. That's what I've learned from Jurassic Park. I I still I would still go. I would still risk. It. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Even in the rain. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys see this one, uh, Jake? How did you see this one? I saw this in just regular standard 2D. Our theater's IMAX doesn't do 3D anymore for some reason, and if it's not in 3D, I just see it in standard. Okay, uh, Rebecca. I also saw it in uh, in uh, 2D. Brandon. Uh, same as well. Oh my God! You guys are not, <laughs> come on! You guys are killing. I went. I uh, I drove to uh, a Warenberg, uh theater and saw this one in IMAX 3D. So, cool. yeah, yeah. Oh, and 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 it was the uh, I'm I'm a VIP points member for Fandango, and finally I earned 600 points. I get six dollars off my next ticket, and on Tuesdays at the Warenberg, you get IMAX 3D tickets for six bucks. I'm going to be seeing this movie for free after the convenience fee. It'll be maybe a buck 50. So yeah, not, so, nice. not so much free, but still, I'm going to watch it again. I think cool. In the IMAX 3D. Now, um, yeah. So the reason I brought that up is because, and Rebecca, I know you're not a big fan of this movie or the trailer, but they did have the IMAX exclusive sneak peek at a mission at mission impossible fallout. Oh, really? The- I haven't heard about that movie ever Stop at it. all. It looks, <laughs> I don't care what you say. It looks <laughs> fucking incredible. You are out of your goddamn mind. I love that first trailer. I don't give a shit. They can show it. They can show I, it. I, it has become the trailer I'm tired of seeing. Not me. I have to yes. admit. No. I feel like if I go see Mission Impossible, they're going to play the trailer for the movie again just to fuck with me. At I hope point. they do. I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they clockwork orange your fucking face to it. (laughs) Wow. Strap you in and make you watch it. But they showed, they showed the, uh, IMAX. Yeah, I got a little nasty there, a little aggressive. Um, I, I saw the IMAX exclusive sneak peek and it wasn't a trailer. It was basically talking about, uh, going into the movie and some of the stunts and how they, uh, how they did them. And it was just amazing. Tom Cruise learned how to pilot a helicopter. There is no, they filmed, he 100% flew this helicopter in the movie. They strapped cameras to it. It was unreal. I, he, Tom said something like, you know, fans know what green screen looks like and he doesn't want to give them a green screen experience. He flew this fucking plane. So like when he's doing, there's a maneuver that he does where he's like spiraling out of control and they, uh, the producers are t- saying that it's one of the hardest maneuvers to do and then to get out of. So it's so dangerous. And he did it, finished the scene, and then he gets over like the mic on his headphone and he says, did you guys get it? And they were like, yeah, it made us sick to our stomach. They were like worried for him. He goes, mm-hmm. so that's a print, right? And I was like, oh my God. Wow. Oh, it looks incredible. Can't wait to see it. I want to see the trailer a few more times. They showed the new one. <laughs> they showed the new one before this. Did you guys get any cool trailers before the movie started? I'm curious. Mm, I saw the Marwin trailer for the first time before Jurassic Park 5. Yeah, I don't know about this one, man. It looks so... I love Zemeckis, but I don't know about this one. I don't know. It's yeah. like Toy Story meets... A world action figure theater, yes, and, a, <laughs> yeah. and, a, and they're they're handling post traumatic stress disorder in this one. It's a 
it's a gonna be a tough balance for this film and it's i know steve carell can do dramatic but man i don't know i don't know man i i'm the jury is out on this one i gotta see this one for myself yeah i in zemeckis i trust i think's where i'm at with it i mean it's a short list of bad zemeckis movies yeah yeah so i saw the creed 2 trailer on the big screen which was nice Cool. I saw that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I know I saw some, of course, the Mortal Engines. I don't know. I don't know about the Mortal Engines. It's, it's an interesting take on the movie. We're going we're gonna to get the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom people. Chill out. But it's an interesting take on it. It's a post apocalyptic dystopian world or whatever. But like nobody's trying to make the world the way that it was before. They're just happy with the way it is now and they're trying to survive. And so I thought, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Kind of an interesting thing. Everybody, like, you know, everybody in other movies are trying to, like, make the world the way it was again. And in this one, they're just, like, happy living on these gigantic tank cities. So. Go with it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We We saw the um, animated Spider-Man movie. Oh, the Spider-Man. That was cool to see on the big screen. Yeah, like I saw that. I've seen that one twice now on the big screen. It looks really nice. Jake Johnson, I think Jake Johnson sounds really good as Spider-Man. Really funny. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Spider-Gwen got me excited at the end. But, um, yeah, we're going to be jumping straight into spoilers with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So I'm going to go ahead and play the old spoiler warning for everybody. This is a Pop Culture Leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. Four years after the Jurassic World theme park was closed down, Owen and Claire returned to Isla Nublar to save the dinosaurs when they learned that once a dormant volcano on the island is active and is threatening to extinguish all life there. Along the way, they find, uh, along the way, Owen sets out to find Blue, his lead raptor, and discovers a conspiracy that could disrupt the natural order of the entire planet. Life has again found a way. So it's directed by J.A. Boyana. He's best known for The Orphanage, a horror film, and then A Monster Calls, a movie that I saw and I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I know it has its fans. Uh, anybody else see either of these movies? I have oh, not. No. All right. Uh, Monster Calls was, it had its moments, but overall I was not a big fan. Another Felicity Jones movie here. She's in it, so she didn't blow me away in this one, unfortunately. Uh, this movie is written by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow. Those guys have been working on these Jurassic movies. Derek Connolly was also going to be writing episode nine with Colin Trevorrow, and he's part of the reason that Colin Trevorrow, er, Trevorrow is not on episode nine anymore. I don't think they really liked his treatment of the screenplay so interesting uh this movie stars chris pratt as owen grady bryce dallas howard comes back as claire deering james cromwell as sir benjamin lockwood was this our first mention and maybe brandon you would know this or jake or rebecca was this our first mention of the lockwood family i haven't heard of them yeah yes yeah i Okay, that's it's interesting. That's interesting, and and I, I guess it makes sense within the story. Um, but uh, he's John Hammond's former partner in developing the technology to clone dinosaurs. Uh, we've got Ted Levine as Ken Wheatley, uh, a seasoned mercenary who is in command of the rescue operation on Isla Nublar. Hated this guy. Absolutely hated this guy. 
I hated this asshole. Um, Daniela Pineda as Dr. Ziad Rodriguez, uh, a former Marine who is now the Dinosaur Protection Group's paleo veterinarian. Uh, B.D. Wong retri- uh, reprises his role as Dr. Henry Wu. Justice Smith as Franklin Webb, a former IT technician for Jurassic World who is now the Dinosaur Protection Group system analyst and hacker. Uh, Rafa Spall as Eli Mills, Lockwood's ambitious right-hand man who hires Owen and Claire to rescue the dinosaurs. Uh, Isabella Sermon as Maisie Lockwood, the granddaughter of Benjamin Lockwood. Geraldine Chaplin as Iris, the housekeeper of the Lockwood estate, Maisie Lockwood's nanny. Jeff Goldblum comes back as Dr. Ian Malcolm. And uh, I found out Sam Neill was asked if he would return to the series as Dr. Alan Grant and responded, you never say never, but I think it's moved on. It's different times. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. That's sad. Well, we've got one more movie. We've got one yeah. more movie. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking... The way it ends up, it leaves it to where we could see him again and possibly Laura Dern's character again. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would I love absolutely that. Absolutely see that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. Jake, before we jump into everything, I know you told me about a pretty cool Jurassic Park Easter egg from the original film that I had never noticed before. Oh, yeah, that was really crazy. Um, Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time, um, just like Brandon. I just fucking love it. I've watched it a million times. Um, nothing's ever transfixed me more in the theater opening night than that movie. But, yeah, I decided to watch it again. And there's a crazy metaphor that I'd never known about where the um, the seatbelts, when um, Dr. Grant is trying to put his seatbelt on in the helicopter and he can't – both of them are female connectors – and that's an exact metaphor for the entire movie, and he ends up just tying them together and making it work anyway, much like the all-female dinosaurs are able to reproduce anyway, even though they're all females. It's like right there at the beginning of the movie. It kind of blew me away that that was something I never picked up on. I think maybe from watching that Shining documentary, too, you know, you kind of start to uh, delve more into, like, the symbolism of stuff like that. and. Knowing how big of a Kubrick guy Spielberg was, I just I can't imagine that's an accident. The two female seatbelt connectors. Yeah, life finds a way, man. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. I also found yeah, uh, that was cool during a visit to Entertainment Weekly uh, Radio with co-star Bryce Dallas Howard. Chris Pratt revealed that it was none other than the Spider-Man Homecoming star who spoiled the entire plot of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom for him. The young actor, sp- and we know that. <laughs> They won't even give Tom Holland the full scripts anymore. They only give him his sides. And when he's reacting to something, he doesn't even know what he's reacting to half the time because he's spilled the beans so many times while uh, doing these Marvel movies. But anyway, he spilled the beans while he and Pratt were working on the same lot shooting the uh, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, as for how he became privy to the top secret details about the blockbuster franchise, Pratt shared that, quote, Tom, of course, knows... Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom director, J.A. Boyana, because of the film The Impossible. Tom was the young guy in that movie. Soon after Boyama gave Holland a detailed account of the storyline, he shared every detail with Pratt. <laughs> Quote, he told me the whole story, so I heard it right from Tom <laughs> Holland first. And then when I read the script, I was like, yeah, he wasn't messing with me. This is all real. <laughs> so I thought... <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious side story about this. 
That is awesome. And more Tom Holland. Fucking can't keep it in his mouth. Exactly. Right. Uh, Jurassic World Kingdom, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has a runtime of 128 minutes and an estimated budget of $170 million. We're going to go ahead and rate this one right now. So I will play our rating system for you if this is your first time listening. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Brandon, we're going to start with you first. Uh, what did you think about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Um... Well, first off, I was a little bummed you didn't play my bumper because I really wanted to make Tristan jealous, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm, um, <sorry. laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I actually going into this, I was super excited and like literally more excited than like Eric Wade beating it to the magicians. I mean, I was just really, really excited about this movie. Sorry, Eric, I love you, but um, yeah. <sighs> Going into it, I was I've been hearing mixed reviews, so I was a little you know hesitant, but I was still excited, and I really did uh, love Jurassic World. So, going to this, I if I'm going to rate it, I'm between a uh, no rate it, it no I taste it. I want no I, nail it down. I none of this. No, it's tough. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a high taste it then. I'm gonna give it a high taste it. Um, I I really like I didn't think there was a, like an iconic moment like with the T-Rex or like something in the movie that made me just get really super excited but I actually enjoyed the movie the whole time and uh I don't want to like unpack all of it now but I'm going to go with a high taste it now I I really did enjoy it. Okay. All right. Yeah, you, none of this waffling crap with it, the rating. It's just tough because I'm I'm I have the other three <laughs> like I definitely tough tough word Jurassic Park and Jurassic World's yeah. like uh, high high taste it for me, and I I liked Jurassic World better than Fallen Kingdom, Lost World 2.0. So it was yeah. kind of I don't know. I'm I'm still torn about it. You got to you got to average up or, or or lower it. I mean, you got to figure it out. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it's a high taste it. Okay. Well, who knows? It may change throughout the episode. <laughs> uh, Jake, I'll go with you next. Oh, man, I'm not going to waffle. I'm going to toss this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. No iconic moment. I thought the first half was much better than the second half. Um, the island stuff was a little bit more enjoyable than off the island stuff. But, man, it, to me, it, like, committed the biggest sin of all, and it was just kind of boring and predictable. And it just felt needless for, like, to continue Jurassic Park and to do this kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It the dinosaurs kill all the really bad snivelly guys and all that's predictable. And, oh man, I was just so disappointed by this. Uh, there, some things I did notice that I did like, um, I did like the Claire character better in this movie than in the last one. I, I thought it was funny. There's absolutely no mention of her being an aunt or her nephews too. And I thought her character was just a lot better and more fleshed out. What's wrong with characters? In the first movie. What's wrong with characters having an arc? What's wrong? What's wrong? She was a shitty aunt at the beginning, and then she got it by the end. She didn't even care for the animals at the beginning of the movie. And then now she's working. In the next movie, she's working trying to protect them. I mean, what happened to character arcs? Does everybody have to be a heroic person from the get-go? I don't understand. I don't understand No, she didn't have to be a heroic person. She could have just been, like, you know, so into her. I just didn't care about the ant storyline. All right. I just... And I am saying that I quite enjoyed her character in this movie i i understand that i'm just saying like everybody was kind of like 
I don't know. I stick up for Claire. I like everything about Claire. She can wear the high heels. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Yeah. Wear the high heels. I don't give a shit. Um, and I did, and I did very much think the the cinematography was quite inspired in a few parts. Like I did, it did seem like there was a lot of thought into the look of a lot of the shots, and I could tell that was there. But just I don't know, just the whole story fell flat for me. And I guess I'm just jaded and cynical, and I can't accept that Jurassic Park has basically turned into like Transformers or Fast and the Furious movies. Wow. And I just don't like that. If I could fall into that mindset then I would probably enjoy this a little bit more, but I just couldn't do it. And this was just a big snore fest for me. Uh, Rebecca. Wow. Um, so I, um, full disclosure, loved Jurassic Park, the the original movie. I would give that a Tupperware. Uh, Jurassic World, the first one, I would give that like a high taste. I felt like there was a lot of retreading of Jurassic Park in that movie. Um, so going into this movie, I was hoping that we would sort of get like, a, um, similar to what they did with, with like Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. You know, Force Awakens relied on, on nostalgia to get you back in there. And then Last Jedi takes you someplace else. I was kind of hoping for that to happen here because you already got me with the nostalgia in the last movie. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like this was just more retreading. There was a lot of callbacks to Jurassic Park. There was a lot of scenes that were, I mean, almost direct references. Um, this felt just like that, just felt just like Jurassic World all over again. Um, I'm going to give this a low taste it. Um, I wish, I wish I could... I wish I could love this as much as I do love the Fast and the Furious movies. I know those movies are terrible, but they're <laughs> so much fun because they don't take themselves seriously and it's ridiculous and they know what they are. And I love that. And I felt like if there had been like a lot more dinosaur chomping in this movie, I probably would have loved it. Um, but there wasn't a lot of that. I did like the... Um, there was a lot of practical effects in this movie, which I thought was great. I liked that. But I think something that worked against this movie was all of the best tension moments were already shown to me in the trailer so that when they happened in the movie, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't I didn't feel tension. I ever felt worried for any of the main characters. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's a low taste it for me. Wow. OK. I feel like I'm the only person here that absolutely loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm guilty, like, and I know it's got like a 53% or whatever I checked, you know, yesterday on, um, Rotten Tomatoes and the critics are not a fan of this movie. And I know a lot of people aren't a fan of this movie. I absolutely loved it. I love the characters. Just, I, I really loved Owen in the first movie. I loved Claire in the first movie. Um, you guys know of, I've been doing a Cheers rewatch recently. And the characters remind me of Sam and Diane. They're dynamic. And a lot of people had a problem with that in the first one. Like, the dynamic of those characters. Him, this manly man, and her, like, this businesswoman that didn't really get her hands dirty until she got into it. 
And I'm just like, she's just a businesswoman. That's just what she does. She's not Laura Croft, people. And right. and I love the dynamic back and forth between them. And it really reminds me of Sam and Diane. And, like, that relationship was beloved on TV 36 years ago. And I'm seeing it again here. And it's just – I loved seeing these two together again. And if you watch Cheers again, you can totally see it. It's insane. It feels like it's pulled right from, like, that uh, Glenn Charles, Les Burroughs TV show. It's insane. But um, I I had so much fun with this movie. Of course, I did see it in the IMAX 3D, and just from the beginning, just from like you know the the uh, uh, the Mosasaurus scene at the beginning, and and uh, seeing Rexy in the movie again, and yeah, and uh, I love Blue. I'm such a big fan of Blue. I love Blue, and seeing Blue come back in this one, and Blue with Pratt, and I loved. Of course, we saw this all in the viral marketing before the movie even came out, but the scenes of Chris Pratt training Blue and Charlie and uh, Echo and Delta, I think those are the names of the other raptors, and just seeing him train them and stuff like that, and I don't know, I started to connect a lot. I loved the little girl in this movie, Maisie. I thought she did a fantastic job. She was very, not kind of like a little kid actor that's kind of self-aware that they're acting. She was just acting like a kid at the beginning, you know? I loved seeing her roar and stuff like that at Iris the Nanny. And um, I like the Franklin character, kind of like, you know, we had Jake Johnson in the last movie who was kind of like our geeky tech guy, but we got to spend a lot more time with Franklin here. I like the paleo veterinarian that we got in this movie. I thought she was cool. She was really strong in some parts, and I really enjoyed her. I just, and I like the beginning, how it's basically, it feels like it is like the extinction of the island. It kind of like... It kind of goes with like history and how like, you know, the dinosaurs were destroyed by the meteor and stuff like that. And then also it had callbacks to the last movie in Jurassic World where Vincent D'Onofrio's character of Hoskins said that the, that InGen, what, what InGen wanted to do was they wanted to miniaturize the Indominus Rex. And that's basically what they did in this movie. They followed it up. And, um, we also got like a little bit about the, let's jump into this now that I'm unpacking it. Let's talk about the Lockwood family. Um, never heard about the Lockwood family before in any of the previous films, to my knowledge. I don't know if they ever showed up in any of the books or anything like that. But we found out one of the big spoilers in this movie was um, that Lockwood, his daughter, had died. And with some of the science and technology that they'd come up with, they were able to clone his daughter. And that's what broke him up, broke him and Hammond up before the project was kind of completed for Jurassic Park. They were working on this for years. Um, looks like Lockwood kind of went a, behind Hammond's back and created a clone of his daughter. So now we've got that in this movie, which I think is kind of crazy. I'm glad they went about it this way if they had to bring in cloning at all to explain anything because I believe it was in Jurassic World 3 or they were going to introduce it into the excuse me, Jurassic Park 3 or Jurassic World. They were going to introduce like a clone human dinosaur hybrid at one time. And they scrapped that. That was like somebody had wrote that story and they completely scrapped it. And I'm glad they did because that's getting ridiculous. That's getting into yeah. land of the lost shit or whatever. So <laughs> I, um, 
Yeah, this storyline was interesting. I really hated Cromwell's performance in this movie. I'm normally a big fan of his, too. Like, he's great in Green Mile. Of course, you know, the first contact stuff. I don't know. It felt a little bit like, you know, Richard Attenborough is in here. Let's get Cromwell as close to acting like that a little bit as possible. Yeah. I I don't know. I I felt like that, too, a little bit. Um, Just because he had the same cane, they both had, like, dual canes. But yeah, yeah, and that, I, they made his like facial hair kind of a little bit in that vein. It felt like it was really weird. Well, at first I thought they were trying to pass that off as Hammond's cane. But I was like, the bug in that thing is massive. So I was like, the, I don't know if it was a bad replica or just he had his own. But it, I don't know. I was just like, I got that same vibe. They both had canes. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know if I saw it online or read it somewhere, but they both had their own canes. They both started when they started as partners. Yeah, it was just a weird retcon, right? It's like all of a sudden here's this guy that was always there the entire time too. Yeah, I felt and I, now he's super important. Sure, I felt like it, it was they made that kind of convenient for the story here, but I think it kind of like for me it just worked out because the first part of the movie was like action adventure, and then the second part of the movie was just like a horror film for me. Like every part of it was a horror film. Like we had like the the selling of the dinosaurs on the black market where they had like all these different, uh, you know, warlords and countries coming in there representing themselves and bidding on these dinosaurs. And like they were saying they were going to go for four million. Like the, the ankylosaurus went for 10 and that was the beginning bid, like uh, not beginning bid, but the ending bid. And so you, I mean, that was just horrific watching that. And then uh, on the flip side, because I don't like, I don't like, animals being sold that way um you know as far as like i'm not you know oh, yeah no i'm, I'm not, a, not my, a big fan of animal trafficking not a big fan <laughs> of animal trafficking like the whole michael vick dog fights and stuff like that it makes me sick to my stomach so watching this was just like it really got me emotional and like got me into this movie like oh my god i hate these men i can't wait to see them die and that's what kind of like works for me here is cuz like i feel like these villains i end up hating them so fucking much that their deaths are so satisfying when they do happen um you know yeah. you, you've got the it's snide. not like a weird oh sorry brian no it's okay i was just going to say you had the snide guy when soon as a new dinosaur would come in he'd be like "Ooh, oh look at that guy Ooh, scary and like you know it's like you don't know the kind of power you're dealing with here buddy and it's i can't wait for it to come back and bite you and i get wrapped up in that kind of stuff i i i i love the first jurassic park movie um it is a beloved film but i don't love it as much as most people do um, even when I came out of the theater watching it the first time, I was so happy to see dinosaurs on the screen done that way for the first time ever. But I wasn't the biggest fan of all the characters in that film as far as the child actors and um, some of the actors in the film. I was just a big fan of you know Ian Malcolm like everybody else. But go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say I thought that was a weird left turn. Like uh, one of the things I liked about Jurassic World is the idea of like, the militizing of the dinosaurs and what that could lead to like more of the government involvement with what's going on with the science. And it just felt like a really weird, hard left turn that now they were like being animal trafficking to the mafia. And I don't know. It was, it was just bizarre. I didn't really enjoy it at all. They, they did that. They tried to do that route last in the, in the last movie with engine. And in this movie, what I was hearing from, 
you know, J.A. Boyana is he's like, you know, in previous movies, it was how can these dinosaurs um, profit corporations? And now it's how can these dinosaurs profit just men, individuals, bad men? And I thought it's an interesting way to take the story as far as like the military, you know, the United States government was like, well, we're just, we're, the governments are like, oh, we're just going to let these animals die. And then you've got like these, these, this private group here that funded this and, and then brought them off the island. And of course they're going to try to profit off of everything. So, yeah, exactly. One thing that I thought was really weird too is I noticed all four of us did our rating and talked about a lot of stuff. Not a single one of us brought up Ian Malcolm's character because what a giant waste it was bringing him back, right? What do you want him to yeah. do? Do you, did you, did you expect him to, uh, after, after the first movie, I think it would be not in his character, to be quite honest with you, to visit the island, to even be close to these dinosaurs again. But, 100% agree. Just get him out of the movie then and don't kind of tease us with the fact that he's going to be in it when it's basically a little bit of a bait and switch there. I was fine like with it. Just a cameo. Return. I never really thought he was going to be a big part of this. It was like this is Chris Pratt and uh, you know Bryce Dallas Howard's movie. I never thought that it was going to be that Dr. Ian Malcolm was going to be a big part of this movie. No, for sure. But it didn't give me goosebumps. It didn't give me nostalgia. It wasn't funny. It wasn't poignant. It just felt like a big waste of time see for me i felt like if they wouldn't have showed him in the beginning of the movie because i didn't really care for his like dialogue in the beginning but i liked his speech at the very end and i thought it capped off the movie really well i just i just think i i also didn't think he was going to be in the uh movie very long either just from the trailer it just seemed like he was just like a one and done you know court scene or whatever but i just i i really liked him at the end i just don't i don't know in the beginning i was just like oh okay just this, I, I thought that was his only scene, but I just didn't think it was very strong in the beginning. But I liked the way it ended with him. So there was a. I wasn't. Sorry, go on. It's okay. There, there was a podcast interview, and Goldblum revealed his role, and he said, "Quote: It's small. Who knows? They may cut me out entirely, but if I stay in, I'll be a sprig of parsley or a little garnish, hopefully with some impact." Uh, director J. A. Boyana confirmed that Goldblum's role is simply a cameo, stating. He's more like a cameo. He doesn't have a major role in the action, but it's definitely a very, very meaningful one in terms of the story. He's got a beard now, and he's like, I told you all, I told all of you this was going to be a disaster, and sure enough, it is. And yeah, it was basically his I told you so moment. And, <clears throat> you know, and, and I think that I, I, it didn't bother me. I wasn't like jumping out of my seat saying like, oh my God. But like on the flip side, I never expected anything more from the character in this film. But yeah, that's cool. Just felt like a big wasted. Just don't do it to me. It didn't do anything for me. I feel like, and I don't know if this is true or not. And I said it kind of earlier, but with the way things kind of ended in this movie that we could see, you know, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and Laura Dern even return in the next movie. Now that you know, it looks like they're out in the world. So, you know, they might be forced to get back into this and help out at that point. Yeah, and I don't think that's the right move either. Like you, you, you finish this out with the people that you're already telling the story about. Like making it a greatest hits Jurassic Park movie for part three would not be what I'd want to see. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what Colin Trevorrow has in plans for us. I think, I feel like the next movie will be a time jump. That's, it, that just feels like the only way to do it for me. Uh, 
is a time jump where there's more of them out there and humans are kind of like living with them in the world now. I know this one kind of picks up, you know, three, four years after the events of Jurassic World, but I feel like a time jump is in order for the next one. Yeah, that could be interesting. Didn't we miss out on all the dinosaurs like ravaging everything though, right? No, I mean, they're still going to ravage stuff. Like you're just talking about, I think like, I, I mean, it depends on how they, I, I don't, I just, we've got like, you know, three Tranodons in Vegas. We've got, you know, we've got one, we've got Rexy out there. We've got Blue out there. I mean, I'm just, I think like if you jump ahead a little bit, there could be more dinosaurs throughout the earth and we could see like kind of like the way humans have adapted to them living in their spaces and in the forest and things like that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's interesting. You, you could kind of have the human characters go into worlds that the dinosaurs have already inhabited. So you still get that kind of feel that all the other movies have had at moments. I, well, I, I kind of, I see where you're going. There, there's also to take into consideration, there's several dinosaurs that were sold off and that left the facility and they've gone on to, you know, whoever's purchased them. So the idea being that these guys will probably clone these dinosaurs themselves, make all kinds of genetic enhancements, uh, make them stronger, make them bigger, make them fiercer, whatever. So, are we going to see like countries at war with each other or people using dinosaurs like uh, to go to war with each other as like we've seen in the past with people using elephants and horses and, and they certainly make that comparison in, in the movie. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of like the, the movie ends absolutely lending itself to a time jump. I, I agree completely. I think that's the way to go. And you could easily cover it in a voiceover in the beginning if you wanted to do it that way or a montage. There's ways to do it just to show you what's happened since the last movie. I'm telling you. Owen and Claire are married already. And there we, we know. What's that? Yeah. Oh, We could know by the status of Owen and Claire's relationship without even a, a montage or a voiceover you know? Oh yeah, that's true. Like if they're if they're married because they've got this kid now that they're I guess going to raise together. So <laughs> I mean, I guess they're going to stick together for a while. Well, yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Like after the last one, you thought that they were going to stay together, but like of course, just like Sam and Diane, they always break up. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, one thing that I do want to get in the next movie that. I really wanted to see in this movie is like you, you always see those videos on YouTube or people passing them around on the internet of like, you know, this trainer has been separated from his tiger for, you know, 10 years. And then they, you know, they show the trainer and it looks like the tiger's going to maul him and they just start like hugging on him and like loving his trainer and stuff like that. That's what I was hoping to see here with like blue and blue got like reunited with Pratt. And then that fucking asshole shoots blue with the tranquilizer. <laughs> I was like, no, I wanted to. And that's what I want in the next movie. I want that scene. Give me the scene of, you know, Owen out in the woods seeing blue again for the first time. And I just want to have that cute huggy moment between Raptor and man. <laughs> Cute huggy moments with raptors. Yes, sums up oh exactly God. why I hate the Jurassic Park series. Now. Oh. 
Oh, oh God. I was eating that shit up. Me honestly, too. That, those blue videos, I was kind of ashamed of myself because I was just really like I kind of teared up a few times during this movie. Honestly, oh, like just going back to the island in general for me, like every time I go back to Nubler, I just want to I don't know. I just get that feeling of like uh, of being like a young again and watching the movie. And I just love that island. And I know they went to Isla Sorna a couple uh, movies and it just didn't have that feel like yeah. I just I love the original T-Rex. I love the original island. And I'm I'm kind of bummed it's it's kind of blown up now. But mm, I want raptors to be scary as fuck again. No, okay. I no, I, I yeah, man. I don't know. There's a part of me, and I think they will. I think we're gonna have our. I think we're gonna have our genetically modified, or just like raptors or things like that out in the, out in the wild again. But I mean. As far as like the the training of Blue and those videos, I I, I love them. I, I I love the relationship between Blue and Pratt uh, Owen. I thought it was great, and and like like early on showing how they were feeding, and they you know like they were just going after the food, and then then it, then it was that alpha beta relationship between Blue and Pratt, where Blue kind of got the other Raptors in line, and I was like. Oh my god, I, I love this. And then like when Blue wouldn't bite Pratt the second time, I just want my own raptor pet, man. Like like <laughs> what's the point? I would never you don't have to have a home security system anymore as long as you have a raptor in your house. I loved it. I love blue. I I'm a sucker for these movies, Jake. I am a sucker. I there's something about them. I don't know. They strike a chord within me and I don't see all the faults in this movie like like everybody else. Like you ever God damn it. I hate lovable raptors, man. I really it's like my least favorite thing about these last two movies I think at this point now. Oh, I love it. I, uh, in the in in Jurassic World when he's on the motorcycle and he's got raptors behind him. I want to play Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it really Hell cemented yeah. it to me after watching the first one again like and just seeing those raptors and just how much horror and scare there is from those raptors. And then it's like, oh, what have we done? Oh, but man, it's, I love it when the when Blue, like at the end of this movie, when, when it's going against the Indoraptor, and Blue jumps in, and I'm just like, yes, I'm I'm that guy, I'm that fucking guy that's like pumping my fist. Uh, I was I was rooting for that pretty hard. That was good. Yeah, I have to you. say it, but the fucking at the end of the movie, the endosaur became the outdosaur. Oh yeah, the insides <laughs> became the outsides. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I did you guys notice the slow motion? By the way, that was ridiculous. Like when they were falling. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was absolutely slow motion. Yeah, I was just like, oh, why did they do that? Because I like the way the Indoraptor died, but I just didn't need the slow mo before. But <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> the Indoraptor, Michelle got mad at me at the movie because I kept saying, "Just in the nick of time." Like the fifth time I said it, yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys notice that he ran like Scooby Doo? Like every time I saw him, I just thought of Scooby Doo like scattering through in a cartoon. Like it was very weird to me, but I don't know. Wow. I did not notice the Scooby Doo. Okay, moment. you guys. I feel like I used to watch it again. <laughs> you guys, I do not. You guys are picking so many nits right now. I high tasted it ish. <laughs> yeah, but when I'm bored, I have nothing else to do. Though that's like what, if I'm not. 
in the movie, if the fiction doesn't grab me, then it's like, oh, yeah, it's I have not to do really you. It's, and- it's Brandon talking about how the indoor Indo Raptor ran like Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really fucking kidding me? Like, I understand. I, thought- I understand they're in a haunted fucking mansion or whatever, but come on. <laughs> Other than that, give me a break. No, I, I thought the Indoraptor served its purpose, and it was kind of a clunky, incomplete, genetic monster, and it kind of felt that way and acted that way. I didn't have really have a problem with it. I think I like the Indominus better, but I don't hate it. I liked the Indominus better, too. It, I, at least I it was more too. scary. I like the Indominus better, and I felt like in this movie, when we get this Indoraptor, and I'm like... Wait a minute! They're doing this again. They're they're they're. Did, we did this in the last movie. They like, talked what? about that. They uh, Hoskins already said he, the whole goal was to miniaturize the the Indominus Rex and have him used for for uh, 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 hunting and attacking purposes. And that's what they okay. did here. I, okay, I didn't remember that obviously because I I was like, ugh, again with this, but. Oh, oh, God. God. You, and, and more dinosaurs in a Jurassic World movie? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Oh. If, if there had been, if there had been 50% more dinosaur chomping of people in this movie, I would, this would be a high taste. I'm not going to lie because if I go to Jurassic Park and I don't see more people being eaten by dinosaurs, like, what's the point then? Like, I, I get like the fun, the, I get that fun factor with it because it's like, you're like, yeah, eat that guy. That's hilarious. Boom. I didn't get that in this movie because it's just, I just felt like it was so much retreading. At the end of the movie, we've got the guy who is doing the auction, trying to get away in the elevator and he gets cornered. He thinks he gets away when it shuts the door. The Indoraptor swings its tail, hits the door controls for the, and it, it, the doors open up, and he kills everybody in there. I was like, what? But that was all done off screen. We didn't see any of that. When did we? They, they, even in the first Jurassic World, they wouldn't even show us uh, the T Rex eating the goddamn goat. I mean, come on! Like, what, what no. have we? What have we seen? Like some of these things, like rip open a human's intestines. Like we did. See- yeah, well, less is more in the Jurassic Park series. I, I it is the filmmaking style. I I I kind of see what Rebecca's saying though, because it's like all about an entrance to me. And like at least the Indominus had like such a great like entrance, like the horror movie element of it all. We're not seeing it at first. Oh my god, it's loose. And like it, the introduction was so good and suspenseful in Jurassic World of this new dinosaur, and it felt real sloppy here. It's like here's what this thing is. Here's what it it does. It's the Indo, and. You just cut loose. Like, it didn't really have a great entrance. Like, oh. There was never that, like, great know. moment for it, you I, know? I do love Jurassic World, the first one, a lot more. Don't get me wrong. I think it's, I think it's a superior movie. And, um, I am just, I'm a sucker for these movies. I want to get back to the Indoraptor here in a second, but I'm a sucker for these movies. Like, you know, um, you don't no, have to apologize. No, for that. like, hold on. Hold we, on. We get the disclaimer. It's, it's cool. We all have our guilty pleasures. Well, let me finish my here. thought here, Chief. All right. Oh, sorry, sorry. It happens sometimes. All right. Let, let me finish my thought. Jesus. I'm, uh, uh, anyway. Another- I thought Bets were off this one. Since you got to talk during my review, I thought I could come in and do stuff too. Okay. You know? I'm out. I'm out. The, the floor is yours, buddy. I got nothing. Go for it. No, I'm done. I'm done. You win. You win. You win. I'm done. No, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right. Cool. Good night, everybody. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't mean to upset you. Well, when you uh, forget it, forget it. Uh, fine. Let, let's take a break. Let's take a quick break. I need a break. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah, Daddy and Mommy have made up. <laughs> I love you, Brian. <laughs> I am an I am an emotional person. I am driven on emotions. You can hear it in a lot of episodes. I just needed to take five and and collect my thoughts. <laughs> so. I'm a Pisces too, so I, it gets a bit emo around this area too. So I hear you. All right, but uh, yeah, I. It, listening to you guys talk about like the things that you didn't like in the movie, I can't sit here and say that you're not wrong for them. I guess I'm just not as a loyalist when it comes to like the original movies and you know Spielberg and everything like that. As far as like how those movies were, I love the new direction this has taken. I, I I'm really I enjoy um, I really enjoy the character of Owen. It's nice to see. And I know we get this in a lot of movies, but it's nice to see a strong man who's doing things, but also compassionate at the same time. I think he's a good role model for young boys. I think we need guys like Chris Evans, Captain America, and anything that the Dwayne, at Dwayne the Rock Johnson is doing. Um, and then, of course, Chris Pratt, I think, is another one of these guys in Hollywood that when he plays these characters, you know, this character of Owen, he's just a he's a good role model for young boys. And I think young boys and young women need good role models. And I think that uh, he's a good one for young boys to look up to. So I kind of get into this guy. I kind of look up to this character. <laughs> he's kind of like the the cool uncle. You know what I mean? So I just I really like him. But. That's just me. I don't know. I'm a sucker for these movies. It's it's really sad, Jake. Did I lose everyone? And everyone's gone. All right, yeah, everybody's back. Nobody knew what I said. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into it again. So, yeah. Um, great stuff. What a great episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> Verging on our best episode ever, I do believe. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, me and you just should have kept fighting. I should have never stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, at least we'd have had something, right? Uh, yeah, God. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about, uh, I did want to talk about the Indoraptor. Um, the, the fact, I, I don't, I got <laughs> the fact that they use the laser pointer and they would train it, this prototype Indoraptor, they use this laser pointer to point at the target. And then this kind of like audible sound was used as a command to attack whatever the laser pinpointed, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it was kind of like, um, kind of like what Pratt was doing, I guess, with the, with the Velociraptors, but way more cold. Way more cool. It's kind of just like a laser tag version of raptors or something. Yeah, that's yeah. a good pickup. We know we know they were paying attention to what Owen was doing with these raptors, so it probably is like adapted from that. 
Like it's probably a colder adapted version of what he did, yeah. you know, them trying to perfect it to yeah. make their ultimate killing machine dinosaur. Yeah, it's even scarier the fact – to me, it was scarier that they were selling this on the black market to people and who knows what they were going to use it for, you know, and who was who was like – who was bankrolling these guys to come out there, you know? Yeah, if, I'm a, if I'm a rich, like, mafioso gangster guy, I think I really want that ramming one, right? Oh, God. Like, you're going to – Absolutely, one hundred percent. That Want was that ramming tank one. <laughs> that was it. Was a what did they call that one? Uh, it was a Stigley. Oh God, what was he called? The nickname for him on set was the car- uh, the the one that would ram into the nickname was Stiggy. It was a Stiggy Moloch. It was a Stiggy Moloch. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good uses for that, right? You know, ramming into safes and <laughs> knocking oh, yeah. cars over. Like, oh man, just. <laughs> I love. Seems like the most practical of the dinosaurs. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I love Stiggy. Stiggy was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, I liked it. The uh, the Jurassic World Facts app they released uh, they released it in early March. It stated that the Indoraptor uses echolocation more effectively than bats, as well as being able to move at high speeds in complete darkness. Once unlocked, it reveals that the Indoraptor is always hungry and hunting for prey. Is aggressive towards any living being has a relatively high intelligence rate, like the Indominus Rex, and weighs around 2,200 pounds, which is about the weight of a cow and a half. I The one thing, it just it didn't feel like it pulled from all of the Indominus Rex's strengths and abilities. It wasn't able to camouflage like the, I, at least I didn't see it camouflage like the Indominus Rex would, was able to. It had chameleon DNA making it making itself up, so... I, uh, yeah, the idea wasn't the worst thing ever. I'm sorry, go on. But one thing that was really weird to me is like, why just one? Like, the whole thing about the Velociraptors is like the pack hunting and all that sweetness. They said that. It was three Indoraptors. It was addressed in the movie. This was just a prototype. It didn't have, they said that they just wanted to get a prototype up. It was not for sale. And the prototype was never mothered. It didn't have, um, kind of like a, a mother. Uh, to kind of raise it and show empathy and all the things that they were wanting to get out of the future versions of this one. It was just a prototype, almost kind of like just to show them what it can do. But hmm, that's it. That's interesting. There's going to be a lot more beta testing then, right? Once because they're going to have to do all the training of having three or four of them working in unison. That's you well, would think that would be the end goal. They can't do it now. They 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 had to they had to have unless they got Blue's DNA. I don't know. Did they ever pull Blue's DNA or blood in this movie? Because that was the big thing. They had to have Blue uh, back in order to have kind of like that. The motherly relationship. That was one of the big problems with the Indominus Rex. There was two of them born, and the Indominus Rex ate its sibling. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. So That's interesting. I, I think that they addressed that. And I, I don't think we ever saw Blue's DNA get taken because when um, they wanted to take it, uh, Zia Rodriguez, she says, well, I had to give it um, 
a transfusion from a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So she said it's like a sock drawer in there. Right. Uh, and, and of course, then like BD Wong scenery chewing is like, what have you done? Like he was like, oh, <laughs> stop. Curses foiled agree. again, right? It was like, yeah, he was so over the top in this movie. And so I don't, I think he was so angry that she contaminated his like purebred raptor specimen. Uh, I, I don't think they ever got it. Uh, yeah. Because then after that, um, Franklin, like, knocks him out and then, you know, they let the raptor out and all that stuff. They um, – yeah, I don't think they got it either. I And I, from what I understand in the next movie, I think Colin Trevorrow said that they're not going to be working with any more genetic hybrids in the next film. So yeah, let's hope not. They're going to kind of go away from that. And um, so it'll probably just be pure blood dinosaurs going forward. Uh, I, Rebecca, you said something in your um, rating of this that they used more uh, kind of like practical, you know, dinosaurs. And yeah. yeah, they, as opposed to the first Jurassic World, they did use five animatronic dinosaurs for this film. They, nice. in the original Jurassic World, they only had one. And, they, I know in the first one, I think the animatronic dinosaur was the raptor that they used. And when, when, um, I think when Hoskins was petting the raptor, when they had it kind of like its head locked into position. Oh, okay. oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I think, but as far, the only thing that they can't make those animatronic ones do is blink. And so they've, that's always been, as far as these new films are concerned, when they do that, they make them blink with uh, CGI. But in this one, they used the T-Rex when the T-Rex was knocked out cold and they're trying to get the blood from the T-Rex. They used mm-hmm. an animatronic T-Rex in this one for the head. And um, ILM sent Neil Scanlon a model of the T-Rex from its appearance in Jurassic World. And then Scanlon used it to create a full-scale 3D print of these appendages that we saw here. So, And then Blue's animatronics was uh, done when he was on the table dying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the other three were in this film, but um, definitely not the tongue of the triceratops that was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> licking on Pratt. <laughs> Which that he was got a, slimed quite a bit. Yeah, that was a fun scene for me where he couldn't move and he's trying, he's yeah. rolling and trying to get away from I the enjoy, lava. I enjoyed that scene. I thought he did. I thought it was a real great use of his physical comedy, uh, the way that he's able like like to move his body around. Um, I, I I enjoyed that scene a lot too. Actually, I thought that was great. Um, you know who I. Uh, like like speaking about the island uh, from like the second he got there i absolutely loved uh the character franklin um you you mentioned that in in your review brian yeah that that kid uh, uh justice smith is his name i i almost feel like he what might have been my favorite character in this movie like i i felt like his reactions were so real and so just like like he was almost like me. Like if I was in this movie, like what? Huh? Get me out of here! I want to go home. Like I, he was like me in that movie, and I, I really enjoyed his performance. Um, I, I thought he was great. I thought his, it, at times it was like comedic and stuff, but I thought it fit really well in the movie. 
Yeah, I liked him too. I, I really enjoyed, like, he, he, he did really well. I think ev- pretty much most of the actors in this movie did really well to reacting to things that weren't on screen with them. You know, um, he did fantastic. I think Chris Pratt did fantastic, like, when he was talking to the baby blue. And he looks at Baby Blue after he's acting like he's hurt and getting ready for Blue to attack him. And Blue doesn't and kind of like nuzzles up against his head. And then mm-hmm. Pratt looks at him and goes, look, I'm okay. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, my God, that just that, – that that's – it just felt so real. And that's like, Brandon, it's one of those moments that kind of endeared me to that scene. So I mean, yeah, yeah. you were talking about how you like those as well. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm totally with you, man. I loved it. Like I ate all that stuff up. There were a lot of times like I got really kind of emotional in the movie, and it it sounds ridiculous, I guess. But I mean, like there, there was the the scenes with Blue. I loved. I lo- it just felt. You're right. It felt like like my cats. Like it felt like oh, my pets. Yes, like something yes. I would do with my cats. You yes. know and. And when the Brachi- uh, Brachiosaurus died oh, on the God. island, like that was such a bummer for me, man. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally like tearing up in the movie theater, and like people in my theater going, "Oh no, no!" <laughs> and and as the boat leaves, I, uh, Isla Nublar, uh, Nublar, that when that Brachiosaurus is is killed by the the smoke and ash of of the eruption, um, when you see the silhouette of the Brachiosaurus when he rises up and then falls, that mirrors the very first proper dinosaur scene in Jurassic Park when we see the Brachiosaurus rise up and fall. So it it nearly bookends our life of the park as viewers from the first time we saw it where it was a beautiful thing to the last time we saw it where it was a sad and depressing Send, send off and that really struck a chord with me mm-hmm. that, that's fascinating um i did pick up on the fact that it was the the same dinosaur but not in the exact same like pose like kind of a reverse pose of what it did when it ate that leaf huh it's like the backwards version of that yeah it's um yeah. you know when it when it went up on its hind legs that's exactly yeah, that's, it man that 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 scene destroyed me in the theater it yeah destroyed it was me. tough Michelle sent me a link that was pretty interesting talking about the director playing the uh, sad animals theme from the first movie for the actors on set when they were filming that scene to get the emotional actors like reactions from the actors mm-hmm. during that part. Since yeah. Obviously, they, they couldn't see the special effects that we were seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought most of the acting was really well done in most movies. Like nothing really, except B.D. Wong. I thought everything was pretty solid. So I, I was pretty happy with that for the most part. Yeah, I, I, the acting was okay. I didn't really like any of the bad guy characters. Oh, um, God. I love the, what was it, uh, Ken Wheatley. The, was he the main bad guy? No, that was, um, that was Eli Mills, um, the, the younger guy who was working under Lockwood and then betrays him and smothers him with the pillow. Yes, that character I detested. I, I guess you're supposed to, but I, not in a fun way. Yeah, I, it's no different than kind of like when we're introduced to like Newman in the original movies. He's kind of over the top, kind of villain, kind of <laughs> kind of crazy and stuff like that. I, I he wasn't my favorite. I, Ken Wheatley was the the mercenary who uh, Eli Mills hired to. Uh, he was in charge of of retrieving all the dinosaurs, the eleven species, and bringing them back. Uh, 
<laughs> Nedry gave us the see no one cares meme though that will exist forever. That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was the guy who was collecting all the teeth on the island. Like yeah, he would, yeah. He would yank the teeth out from the from the. Yeah, that guy. That guy was probably the best one. I agree with that. He was like a Muldoon from the the second movie. Kind of. He was one of the better bad guys. I, I agree kept, with that. I kept thinking that he was getting the teeth for like some sort of like DNA sample or something like that. But then it's revealed that he's just making a necklace of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically universal soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's kind of like a mix of like Roland from the lost world, you know, like that hunter. I want this trophy thing and, and kind of like Hoskins as well. Like this military grunt type guy, you know, I kind of got that vibe with him but he, he was okay for me i just oh it was such a satisfying death though for me watching him oh, die. Yeah. like <laughs> i was just like are you kidding me you're gonna go in the cage and then like when he goes in the cage and then you know he's trying to pull the teeth and the tail keeps coming up the second time the tail comes up and the raptor opens its eyes it almost looks like it's grinning and i was like yes <laughs> our whole audience reacted to that almost grin like once mm-hmm. you, it kind of the raptor let you in on it it was just playing possum our whole audience reacted to that moment mm yeah i <laughs> I was so sucked into this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe seeing it. We were, you're the only one of us that saw it in IMAX yeah. 2D. I'm sure because I I'm not in any way hating on uh-huh. sloppy special effects. I and like I said, I thought the special effects and the direction and cinematography were all were all pretty good. Yeah. So I, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. God, it was amazing in, in 3D in IMAX. and everything. It was amazing in IMAX 3D from like the beginning, like just like because I've seen it in 2D as well because I've seen it twice now. But um, and it's it's it, it's still fun in 2D, but it's nowhere near what it was like in IMAX 3D. Like if you're gonna see gigantic, like when I go see the Meg, you know the new Jason Statham shark movie with the giant oh yeah megalodon. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go see that like on a 2D screen. I'm definitely seeing that in IMAX 3D. That's the way it needs to be seen. Like, oh these, yeah, these are. The, I'm right there with you. These are yeah. dinosaurs. <laughs> these are giant monsters. Like this is the way you want to see these movies. Like if you go to see a Godzilla movie or a Pacific Rim movie, or you know King Kong, you want to see them on an IMAX screen. You want to see that. And of course the you know if you have if you have the if you're near a Dolby Atmos theater, you want to see it in a Dolby Atmos theater with the best sound. And, uh, so going to see it in IMAX, I had the best sound and I had a great screen, great audience. Um, people were really like the first night when I went on Thursday, there with like real true fans that re- really wanted to see the movie. And so it was a completely different experience for me. And, you know, after the movie ended, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to other fans about the movie and like what we saw. And I, you know, and I, I, one of the things that I said after the movie was like, oh my God, if Blue would have died in this movie, I would have died. <laughs> like, I love Blue. I was yeah. so worried before the movie was over. I was like, don't kill Blue. Don't kill Blue. Don't kill Blue. I'm not ready for that. So. Did, did you think that he was going to die on the third horn of the Triceratops? I like, I thought he like got sneakily or like secretly impaled because like, there, you know, it was a Triceratops. Uh-huh. So yeah. I thought they were going to do that like bait and switch at the end where he oh, got impaled, shit. you know? Yeah. I never thought of that, but that's a good, yeah, a good call. Yeah. Cause like, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> as soon as they pan the camera up, we're going to see that blue's been impaled. But like when blue had the moment, like the T-Rex moment, you know, and got the jump oh, in front of the man. screen and roar, that was like, I, 
didn't want to just stand up and cheer. <laughs> I, I really love that scene. I really, really uh, did. I'm so, Jake, like, I, uh, I know I've said it before. I'm a sucker. Just like, you know, I, I don't see a lot of the faults that other people see in these movies. Like another, like, okay, Laura Dern was in the original Jurassic Park and another movie she was in was Mask and she, she felt Rocky's face and it's all fucked up, but she didn't care. And I feel like I'm Laura Dern in uh, the mask movie where I'm feeling Rocky's face and it's all, you know, he's got that Easter Island head of his and I'm feeling that fucking gargantuan head of his. And I'm just like, it's beautiful. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I feel like I wish you would just go all the way then. Like if you were, if it's not going to be like, as intellectual or smart as it used to be anymore, then just go fucking full on Fast and the Furious with it at that point. Well, they they might be leading. I'm hoping that they're going into like me and Rebecca are talking about a time jump, and I don't know how far ahead they're going to go into a time jump. Um, we do the the only things that I know. I, I'll talk about Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World three here in a moment, and what we do know, but. I mean, I've always kind of thought, if, you know, the, with the militarization of it, and we might see some governments militarize these things in the next few years, but they could go dino riders with this, where they're strapping on weapons and having, like, men mm-hmm. sitting atop of ankylosauruses and triceratopses and, uh, you know, yeah, fucking... I like it. Damn it, if I see a, a man throw a saddle on a pteranodon and drop grenades, I will lose my shit in the theater. I, yeah, I thought yeah, we were going to get that. Dinosaur chase sequences, like crazy jumps, crazy action, just crazy dinosaur fights. Like, just fucking go all out with I, it if, if that's that, what you're going to do. That's my point, Jake, is like, I, I completely agree with you. Like, if this movie had done that, just go go fast and the furious. I don't care. Like, I would have loved it because then it's like it's so over the top and it's like a wink and a nod. Like, we know that you know what this is. And it's like I would have yeah. I, 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 biggest- I go nuts if I see that in in the next one. Yeah, it's so paint by numbers now. It's like, here's the four snivelly guys that you hope are going to die. Not that you don't just hope, but you just know. And it's just like waiting for all these different things. And like, just go all fucking out, man. It's the only franchise that has great dinosaur special effects and can pull big actors. Fucking cut all the bullshit and make it just completely awesome. Oh, man. Some of that bullshit I just ate up. I just, I was slapping <laughs> it up and just – I had – Seriously, like I was bobbing for bullshit, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, for, for dino shit. I, I, I can't, it's hard for me to explain. I guess only other people that watched the movie and had the same kind of like reaction with me could like, and I guess all we could really do is high five each other. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, make a, make a t-shirt or something. Dude, it's, 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 uh, for me, it's just it's just the magic of seeing these dinosaurs. They look so amazing, and just like watching them and what they do. Uh, Isla Nublar, like one of the big problems that you guys haven't brought up that I, that I had watching the movie, but I just let it go is the fact that they built this park on an island with a dormant volcano. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like like if if there wasn't the tragedy that happened three four years ago, it would have been gone anyway after this event this you know event with the volcano so i'm like thinking okay we would we would have gotten here anyway 
But yeah, uh, yeah, they'll, have, they'll have a prequel where they explain like the really bad real estate deal that happened there. Yeah, where Hammond didn't spare any expense kind of yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll take it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I I wish I wish it would have been more easily accessible for me to see this in IMAX 3D because honestly, that's obviously the only thing I really would have enjoyed from this movie, and I didn't even get it. Get that? Oh, it's so sad. Oh my god, it's so sad. Like I, man, just when um, when Chris Pratt is running away from like the volcanic ash and and uh, everything, run, run. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. I know I saw it in the trailer, but I don't care. And it reminded me of I think Steven Spielberg is teasing us. And yes, he's uh, he's a producer on this. I think he's teasing us with Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones cuz we'll never get it. But he's, <laughs> he keeps, okay. he keeps teasing us with Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones in the first Jurassic World uh when uh the guy falls into the pen with the velociraptors and Chris Pratt jumps in, saves the guy and he's backing away from the raptors who are about to attack him. He does a backwards barrel roll underneath the gate. And that totally is reminiscent of every time Indiana Jones did that in a movie and grabbed his hat on the way out. And then in this movie, he's doing the run, run. And it reminded me of the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark at the beginning of the movie when he's running away from that uh, Indonesian tribe. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Start the plane. Yeah, start, start the plane. plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then also we got another moment in this when he uh, wakes up the Tyrannosaurus Rex in that uh, crate, and he does the barrel roll through its mouth. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> Steven Spielberg is just taunting us that Chris Pratt would be like the ultimate successor to Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, but we'll never get it. And it's like middle fingers from Steven Spielberg every time I see Chris Pratt do an Indiana Jones esque kind of like maneuver in these films. Let's remake uh, Buckaroo Bonsai and get Chris Pratt there instead, in, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd be down for both. <laughs> did, did you guys? I noticed another scene in the movie too. We remember when they were running onto the trying to get on the catch the boat that was leaving the island. Yes, and he yeah. was like, "Come on, kid!" Like the way he said, "Kid," uh, I just felt like he was channeling Harrison Ford so hardcore at that moment. Talking a short round. Yeah, exactly. It just felt uh, like it to me so much, and they're always, you know, like, yeah. see, they're always scrambling. So, oh man, yeah. Oh, I did want to. I did want to before uh, before we went to anything else. I did. Bryce Dallas Howard. She addressed the high heels. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mm, I saw the link, but I did not click it. In the first movie, of course, she was wearing the high heels and running away from the Tyrannosaurus Rex with the high heels on. And she had she did an interview with Cosmopolitan, and she said this character needed to seem ill-equipped to be in the jungle. She was somebody who looks like she belongs in a corporate environment for a reason, because she was someone who was disconnected from the animals and disconnected from that reality and disconnected from herself. She doesn't at all expect that she's going to be tromping through the jungle. I'm really glad that we didn't make the choice for me to be barefoot because that would have also been kind of dangerous. And you know what? She's in high heels because she's a woman who has been in high heels her whole life 
and she can fucking sprint in them. She can. That's kind of how I perceived it. She doesn't have to be in menswear and flats in order to outrun a T-Rex. That's what women can do. And when you watch the movie, she's in high heels, but she's not running on her heels. She's actually running on the toe, on her toes and pushing off on her toes. And she's fucking kicking some ass running in those fucking high heels. And I, I kind of love it, and I kind of love her for these statements, and that's just where I stand, and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not so much of a high heel hater. I mean, I, I get like kind of the metaphor that they were yeah. going for with her character in that movie. It, it was more the um, how she survived with them that I was like, oh, then then it was the why is she in them. But yeah, I think that's a great explanation to that. In this movie, they did make it a point when the elevator opened up, they showed her with the heels on. She just likes wearing heels. Jesus Christ. So they showed her with the heels on. But then they also made it a point when she was getting ready to go, when she knew she was going to Isla Nublar, they made it a point to give you a shot of her putting on her, like, combat boots. <laughs> yeah. That's mm. pretty – right? The fans created that shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 the difference of like being thrust into something and then preparation. You know, I'm I'm sure if there was a Payless shoes on Isla Nublar, she would have made a stop there and got herself a size whatever, and then worn those on the island. Uh, but it just didn't. Yeah, happen. she would have got her terror reading that morning and known that all the facilities were going to go down. Yeah. Is that located next to Margaritaville on the park, or where is that in the? <laughs> Dude, did you know in the in the? Well, yeah, there was the Margaritaville. I like the fact that they showed that destroyed in this movie. Like the, mm-hmm. the sign, the signage was down because in the original Jurassic World, you saw Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. In that movie, there's a guy when they're getting attacked by the Tranodons and the other, you know, aviation dinosaurs. There's a shot of a guy who's grabbing, he's double fisting two margaritas and trying to save them. That's Jimmy mm-hmm. Buffett in that scene. That's his camera. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The commercialism in those movies don't really bother me. I almost like, I almost wish there was more of it when it came to like the theme park stuff, you know, just to like really embellish the whole like sellout idea going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It definitely works. Where's the, where's the McDonald's there, you know? <laughs> hmm. I just think if we get to the third movie and it's just about them wrangling up the remaining dinosaurs or whatever, that's kind of a boring movie to me. I want to see an Earth that's kind of been affected by more dinosaurs and, like, different countries. Like, Rebecca, what you were saying with them having this, you know, technology to bring them back and and raise them and, like, how are – it'd be interesting. I don't want every person that was there to, like – I'm going to make an evil dinosaur for weapons. Like it would be kind of neat to see if some people were using them for just like, you know, like farming, you know, like, yeah, but I, but I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like, that's what I want the whole movie to be is fucking Farmville with dinosaurs. I'm saying that it'd be, it, it just, when you watch a movie, like, or you watch a TV show and like something happens and everybody gets powers and abilities, you've got like, you got like everybody turns evil, you know, except for our main hero. It'd be nice to see like some of these places like use them just for like agriculture and other things as, as opposed to like, but on the flip side, you are going to have people that are using them as weapons and things like that. So, you know, kind of Flintstones esque, but not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying That's that I want people to use we, like the I woolly gotta, mammoth as like idea. a, I don't, I, well, I'm sorry, Jake, go ahead. 
Oh, I was, I was going to say, I, I, I have an idea for a sequel. I get, I like the farming thing, though. I see what you're saying, just all like different aspects of it. Would those be ones that were escaped, that were rounded up, or would some of them actually have bought them for that? I want to see, like, some people have actually bought them for that reason. I don't think, like, everything has to be used for, like, evil. But you you, you see what I mean? Like, some some animals feel better when they do have a purpose. Like, I know, you know, people buy dogs, but if you just buy a dog and put them in a chain in the backyard – your your dog's going to be miserable. You you have to like take them out and and like you know especially like a German Shepherd, a dog that wants to run and do stuff. So like if you have like an Ankylosaurus and you're using it to pull farming equipment or you're using it to like move stuff for you, it's serving a purpose and it might actually be happy with its function. You don't we don't you don't know that you know. So um, some some animals are happy with as long as you're not like beating them into the ground like you know i saw that movie um uh, uh leaning pete uh, you know uh lean on pete where they were just basically running these horses into the ground until they couldn't run anymore and just, yeah or like treating the dinosaurs like veal or something yeah it'd be nice right. it'd be cool to kind of see a farm where like somebody's like farming with them or using them for something you know like construction putting things up and then we see them take them back to their dino pens and they're feeding them good food and taking really good care of them. But on the flip side, you could have people using like the other ones for weaponary purposes. So. And then the government shows up to take them from the family and the little boy is going to lose his best friend, Raptor. And I would cry. <laughs> fuck you, Jake. That, that movie, that movie would fucking destroy me. That movie. Would I want. I want like an action adventure dinosaur version of it's a mad, 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 mad world. You know what I'm saying? Where like we've got like eight groups of people. They all know what all the dinosaurs are and where they are. And it's a race to who can get them first. You know, you get the Claire and Owen team. You get the military team. You get the evil, the, you know, the few evil teams and just action adventure scene after another all over the world with big dinosaurs and big special effects. And just fuck a smart plot, and let's just set it up for amazement at this point. It just didn't feel like that many dinosaurs got off the island in general to me to be that big of a problem. Like, I guess I'm just kind of confused how it's going to be this, like, global issue. I know, I guess maybe they're going to start cloning them, the other countries that maybe bought them, but... Yeah, you don't know where the other people are taking them. I assumed they weren't all just staying in the States, right? Right. They weren't even in the States, right? They They were in England. Yeah. They were in England. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wait, I thought his. I thought the his estate was in Northern California. Yeah. I oh, was I. It? I don't know. Every she that that nanny was talking British, so I kept thinking that they were. In <laughs> I feel like I. I think Brandon, you're right. I feel like the estate was located in Northern Northern California, uh, because I remember like at the end when that little girl lets them all out, I was like. So we're just going to have dinosaurs running around California now? Like, is that what's happening here? And, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that it was in California, but then, you know, we saw those buyers from all over the world, uh, that were there, especially like that, that Russian guy, Twenty Millions. Like, yeah. <laughs> every time he said millions, I was like, oh my God, where did they find this guy? <laughs> yeah. I think the movie, that I've seen most recently that I couldn't help compare this to as I watched it was honestly Rampage. And I, I think I liked Rampage more. Ooh. 
I did see Rampage. I don't know if I liked it more. Maybe the action was better, though. I might give you that, though. But this, like, I don't know. I just like seeing T-Rex. Like, the T-Rex is just my... I used to play T-Rex on the playground, like, because I was always a fat kid, so I couldn't be a fast raptor. But <laughs> I, I liked being the T-Rex. So it's like there's something about seeing the T-Rex to me that just makes it different and special for me. But... Yeah, I was just never bored during Rampage, and I wasn't a hundred percent ahead of what was going to happen the entire time and who exactly was going to die. So I don't know. I enjoyed it a little bit more for that. I guess I just shut my brain off during these movies and don't care. It's just I just had a blast, like from the get go, from like just the the scene of like the Mosasaurus chomping down on the the divers there and their and their little you know diving globe or whatever the fuck that thing is that James Cameron goes in every few years to <laughs> check up on the Titanic. I, I, I and then and then the, the Mosasaurus getting out, that was that was awesome for me and then cuz like the ocean is a scary place anyway and these guys are down there and I was like, "Oh my god, I could I can't wait for now I'm thinking like I can't wait to see the Meg. That movie's gonna be fun. It's gonna be dumb fun. And then oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then the scene with the guy trying to get away with the Tyrannosaurus Rex and like I knew that he died. I seen like I saw the in the trailer that he died, but it didn't it, it still was fun for me. It was still fun as hell, like watching like the Tyrannosaurus Rex pull at the ladder and this Oh, I don't know. I I wish that they wouldn't have shown us some of the things, Rebecca, in the trailer. That would have been you know, some of the spoilers kind of sucked. You know, we knew Claire, you know, was upset that they lied to her about like yeah. the whole mm-hmm. you know she, I, I felt I felt yeah. like all the stuff that happened in Maisie's bedroom um, like all that tension stuff with the dinosaur sneaking in and, or, or trying to find her or whatever. I wish I hadn't seen that in the trailer. I really do because I feel like if I was in the theater for the very first time and they're creating this tense moment and the guy, I mean, the director does horror films. So I felt like absolutely there were tons of nods to horror films in this movie. And that was a great scene to really build up the tension but I saw all that in the theater in, in the in the in the trailer. I knew I knew all of that already, yeah. and it just fell flat for me. I, I, but I, I never th- like even okay, even if they didn't show you that, like we know that they're not going to show the Indoraptor chomping down on a eight year old girl or whatever, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I that mean, didn't bother I mean, me. Like, it's more of the it's more of like the end of a scene that I had a problem with, like. You know, like, yeah, we, we, did we have to see the Mazasaur chomping down on that one guy getting away from the helicopter? You know, getting away from the, from the, the T-Rex on the, on the helicopter? Did we have to see Claire yelling and screaming on the beach? It was all a lie. Because, like, that gives away the twist, like, going mm-hmm. into it. Like, they're not going to take all the, uh, the, the, the dinosaurs to a sanctuary, this, this island sanctuary. You know, like we know that they're going to get double crossed and I had a big problem with those giveaways. But as far as like creeping kids out in the theater and showing them that uh, this monster might eat this kid, I had no fear for that girl. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't have had fear for the girl the first time I would have saw it in the theater either because I would have, there's no way in hell uh, in a PG 13 movie that they're going to have a dinosaur like ripping the intestines out of a 
small no, child. I, and I'm not saying that I wanted to see that happen or that I thought it would happen. What I'm saying is they were creating a mood. And I, and I get that. They're, yeah. they're creating a mood. And I was all about that mood. But because I had already seen that in the trailer, seeing it again, it didn't give me the same effect that I imagined it would give me seeing it for the first time. Okay. That's what I mean. That it's makes like sense. Yeah. Setting the scene. The scene, I already saw it. So it was like, I felt like it, you could have capitalized more on creating the mood. I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to get the people in that wanted to see the action adventure. But on the flip side, they wanted to get viewers in that wanted to see kind of like your Frankenstein's monster horror movie in that right. second trailer. Because that second trailer really like gave us a lot more of like what's going on post like the first, you know, island trailer that we got and that's what we got here i felt like you know this this whole house seemed like a castle and it felt like it felt like frankenstein's monster getting loose and Mm -hmm. you know like them on top of the roof when it's raining and like this monster's going after them i don't know i was sucked the fuck in Hmm. oh my god interesting metaphor i was sucked the fuck in like yeah frankenstein's monster has gotten loose in this castle and is going around and it's wreaking havoc on its creators and everybody else that's involved and, you know, and this is the place where it all started. It's where it all started. This was the birthing place underneath this house is where they created the first dinosaurs, where Henry Wu came in there under John, John Hammond and Lockwood and created these dinosaurs. And this is kind of like, you know, like now, now this destruction has been brought back here. I'm just like, holy shit. So I, I had a fucking blast anyway. So. Yeah, as far as the trailer stuff is concerned, I wasn't really the biggest fan of the trailers, obviously. But I remember in one of the news segments, Brian, when you said after that first trailer that, you know, they revealed that, that was, you know, all stuff just from like the first third of the movie. I, I was first like, oh, wow, they're being 52 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's really, you know, really smart. But yeah, they then they just let the fucking cat out of the bag on the next trailer. It was like, wow, why'd they go through all that trouble at the first trailer? Did yeah. Just, you know, kind of leak it. They became Tom Holland with the second trailer, basically. <laughs> yeah, I can. So, would it, uh, I'm going to ask you guys: Would this movie have worked better for you if we thought if you thought everything was just going to be island based, and then all of a sudden we do get this kind of like mansion horror at the end of the movie? Or <laughs> I think I probably would have hated it more. Okay, fair enough. I, I, no, I think it's just going back like the trailer stuff. Like, I feel like that one. What was the scene when Clear and Franklin were in the? Uh, was it a sewer or a bunker or whatever they were in and the dinosaur was coming through like the pipe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the- yeah. I feel like if they should have, if they wouldn't have showed that, that scene could have been so cool to me. Like not knowing what the hell was coming out of that pipe and then seeing it on the screen, like coming at them. Was, like, that, the a TV- on the- was that in the trailer or a TV spot? Um, I don't know. Cause I didn't watch. I think it was a TV spot actually. Okay, Cause I never saw that scene before Brandon. Uh, how did you feel about it? Oh, I loved it. it. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. I did. That must have been a TV spot because I had I'd only watched the two trailers and um, I never saw any TV spots for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay, because that kind of ruined it for me because I thought oh, this would have been, I even said that to myself. I was like, this could have been so much better if I was just not no like just in my head, like cycling through the dinosaurs. It could have yeah. been, you know, at that time. But it was so cool kind of just seeing like this dinosaur come through there with like you saw the flashes of the lava and you could see like the silhouette of the dinosaur coming through, you know, like this 
through this uh, passage, and and then all of a sudden, like it can't get to them because of the lava's hitting it in the head. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then um, just um, you know, Franklin trying to grab the chair from it as it's pulling <laughs> at it, <laughs> and uh, you know, what did you guys think about? Okay, the end of the movie. So you've got like this uh, toxic kind of like hazard going on here where the dinosaurs are all going to get poisoned and die and uh, Claire can't push the button to open the doors. And um, I didn't for a second think that the kid was going to hit the button. I'm stupid. I just (laughs) – everybody else probably knew that the little girl was going to push the button and I didn't. Well, I, I, I didn't see that coming either, to be honest with you. Um, I thought, I mean, it was so interesting because when she lets them out of the cages and, you know, Chris Pratt tells her, you know, be careful. This is not an island. If you let them go, there's no turning back. And I actually enjoy, I enjoyed that moment where she struggled, you know, within herself of like, I want to do the right thing and I want to help these animals, but realistically should I let them out like Mm -hmm. where are they going to go and I enjoyed that like moments of struggle and then you know when she makes her decision I'm not going to do it and then when it opens up and in the theater I was like who the fuck let them out why would you do that (laughs) it's a little girl and she's like they're alive just like me and I was like okay calm down like just really Really, like, so, I'm happy that come you're alive, on! But you're sa- now you're telling dinosaurs in California. You're telling she me she would have been hitting that button. You're telling me that a little girl wouldn't want to save the dinosaurs. Are you no, telling no. me that? No, no, I am not telling you that. I am not. I just I found that line to be a little cheesy. Is all I'm saying. I. I, I, I understand why she did it. It's like I don't get it. I understand why she did it. And I think any kid would. I'm just like nobody thought to be like, hey, kid, don't touch that button. Like, I I don't know. It's I mean, you, how yeah, many you times have you seen? Think about. Hey, I want you to think about the movie Mall Rats. And I want you to remember Jason Lee's character in that movie. And I want you to remember when he said that kid's back on the escalator. <laughs> you know why? Because mom and dad weren't watching the kid. How right. many times have parents not watched their kids and their kids got hurt? And so here's another moment where mom and dad are watching something else going on with the dinosaurs and the kid hits the button. It totally yeah. – I guess the line was a little ham-fisted and a little – you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but no, no, it's I'm, a movie and I'm going to let no, it slide. No, I, I I agree. And listen, I I will absolutely concede that your mall rats uh, analogy is completely true, yes. and I agree with it hundred <laughs> percent. I yes, I I get that. I, get I know that. I'm just, not the most yeah. eloquent when it comes to making my point, and I usually have to make my point bringing up another movie reference. I had a teacher say that to me one time. I had a teacher uh, years ago uh, in class. I would like bring up something in class and I would always relate it to television and movies. I ended up working at McDonald's years later and I bumped into her and I said, hey, uh, Mrs. So-and-so. And she's like, hey. And uh, she's like, you know, the one thing I remember about you... <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, what? And she goes, anytime you would bring up anything, you were always the person to relate it to either a television show or a movie. 
<laughs> and that's crazy all those years later that she remembered that all those years later she remembered that man yeah it would it was probably like five or six years later so yeah fucking crazy anyway I, I didn't think you, I kind of was in the same boat as you, Brian. I didn't really know what was going to happen. I was kind of like anxious, but I also kind of thought it was just going to be like somewhat like a dinosaur blows through the wall, like the T-Rex blows through or like some sort of passage is made by one of the dinosaurs. Like I didn't think they were going to die, but yeah. I also didn't think she was going to hit the button. So it didn't really cross my mind. All right. Oh, God. I know. Like, people, I know everybody's going to listen to this and be like, Brian, I hated that movie. I hated it. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, the blind, seriously, I have blinders on for, like, Jurassic World 1 and 2. Like, I really do. I love these movies. I don't know why they strike a chord. I literally watched Jurassic World again the day before Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom came out. And I'm sitting on my couch and still pumping my fists and cheering at the same moments that I did when I originally watched the film. Like it just, I, for me, these are just fantastic fun movies where I can just shut my brain off and have a great time. And, um, I'm going to go again and see this one on Tuesday in the IMAX again. I'm going to use my reward that I got from Fandango and go see this one again in the IMAX because I just, I love, there's something about these, gigantic dinosaurs and shit I have so much fun it's ridiculous the scene where like they're drowning in the gyrosphere and Owen is trying to get them out I'm just like I I know they're gonna live but it's just like oh my god he's shooting at it he gets hit in the head he goes up for air comes back for more I love he's a hero I love Owen yeah I liked him a lot in this I really did like, I didn't think he was, like, a dick. I thought he was going to be kind of a jerk towards Clear because of their whole baggage. But I just, I I don't know. I just, I really liked him in this movie. Oh, you definitely know that, like, like he, it's not like, and there was no really no resentment. He was, it, it, you know, you, you could expect that coming from him when the relationship ended. But there really wasn't that resentment. Like, they have that moment where they're on their way back to Isla Nublar for the first time in three, four years since they were there, since it kind of, like, got shut down and like that event happened and one of the characters says you know oh my god this must have been like horrific for you guys and and owen says not everything and you know he's talking about meeting claire for the first time mm-hmm. and that yeah, really- i don't know i think they were still banging she knew exactly where he was in this remote area i don't know i think it was kind of they were still oh they probably talked he probably talked about like going to this place and building his own house with his hands and he's just an outdoorsy kind of guy and stuff like that. Like that's what I loved about their relationship. Like opposites attract, you know, like, it, it, like she's such a corporate woman and she's so intelligent, but like he's so, he's just, he's very hands on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she's, she, I don't know. That's, I kind of love that dynamic between them. And I think it kind of, it's fun for audiences to watch those two together when they get together. And I feel like she's becoming more like him and he's kind of like understanding her more as like we've seen these characters go through these past two movies. He relies on her. Like 
in the first mm. movie, he's getting his ass kicked by one of the uh, one of the uh, not a tranodon, but like one of those aviation dinosaurs that had like the raptor teeth. You know, he's getting his ass handed to this thing, and then she comes in there with the gun and smacks this thing and knocks him out. And we weren't expecting that from this character. We had not seen anything from her like this from that character before. And like she did that, she stood up and and she made a stand. She's strong. And then that, like, later on when we see Claire, you know, take the flare and have the T-Rex running after her, I'm like, oh my god, she's a fucking badass. I love her. And we saw that again in this movie. They, they work together really well, even though they're so different. We saw her in this movie on the top of the building, on the top of that mansion, you know, pull mm-hmm. that gun out. And she, and he knew exactly what to do. Like, he knew exactly what to do. She pulled it out, she pointed it at him, and she and he knew that you know I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make a maneuver here where this thing's gonna fall through the glass, and that's exactly what he tried to do in that moment. And then of course, th- thank you, Blue, for showing up and saving the day. But I uh, I don't know I I think this movie was made not just because of the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs are interesting, but it's just like what the humans do with the dinosaurs, like what new ways they're trying to exploit the dinosaurs, and like and then like. The good people trying to put like the put a stop to everything. Like Ian Malcolm, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. thank God. Oh, yeah. Ian Malcolm was basically right the whole time, saying like you can't put the you know you can't put the cap back on the bottle. Like you can't you can't uh, you can't change this. Like this is already out there, and he's been right this whole time. And like even as much as they've tried, like. They can't fight it. Like nature has again found a way, and so I don't know. I they can keep pumping these movies out as stupid as some people think they are. Jake, I know. I <laughs> I eat them up. I I can't, God, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. No. I'll be I just every wish Jurassic World yeah. ever. I'll keep going I too. I just wish they would wholeheartedly accept the stupid and just pump up the action more at this point. And get rid of a lot of the dumb, like, modern-day action movie tropey shit. So, uh, that's me. Keep going with it. Keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll always have the first one, you know? I'm not one of these people, though, that's going to, like, even as much as I dislike this, it takes nothing away from just how much I love that first movie, you know? Yeah. I, no, I love the first movie too. It, it's a great, it's a great movie. It was revolutionary. Um, the second movie I never cared for. I never, I hated the third movie and Jurassic world brought me back into it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact of having Chris Pratt and, um, and, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in the series. Now I, I really like those two together. Yeah. No, they, they work well together. And like, I never got bummed out that I never, it was, I, I liked how the movie made it feel like I, I didn't get that sad feeling that they were broken up. Like, I get, I kind of never took it seriously, yeah. I guess. I was just like, they're still kind of, and they were really chummy in the bar. It's like, okay, they still have this like playful kind of closer relationship. And so I, 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 I was fine with it. I, I like them together and I, I, I definitely think they're going to hopefully be married in the next one. I think they should at this point. Eh, Why not? Whatever. I mean, I don't care if they get married. Like, I mean, together, I guess. I don't care if they make it official. I just want them together, I guess. Yeah. 
We'll see. I don't know. I kind of like the on again, off again kind of thing. <laughs> like that. the makeup sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I I agree that they should just be together. I think by the next one, I would hate. I think it would just seem repetitive if it was the exact same thing again. Rebecca, are you still with us? What do you think? Yeah, you, I am still with you guys. What are your thoughts um, on this? She's stuff? still pissed at that fucking kid. I <laughs> am not. No, no, no. Um, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I, I do like their relationship. I liked it in the first movie. I, I agree with you, Brian. It's definitely a Sam and Diane it type is. thing, which is always fun. Oh, um, a, I love it. I, I did enjoy in this movie how when she buys him a beer, I, I love how like she's like cracking up at the bar. And she's like, I love how you think you left me. Yes. And I, I, I thought that that whole little conversation was so natural. It was great. And then he's like, oh, so are you dating like some accountant or this guy, that guy? And then he's like, your skin looks really great. Like that got such a laugh in my theater when he said that her skin looked really good. That, um, it's that, that again is Sam and Diane. Like after absolutely. they broke up. They had an argument about who broke up with who. And then mm-hmm. Diane actually gets to the point where she kisses Sam again and reels him back in. And then she breaks up with him then. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Sam's like, Sam's going nuts yelling at her. He's like, no, that's not how it works. And, yeah. and it's, it's, no, I, it's great. If, if they do a time jump for the third movie, which just seems like the way to go for me, uh, I, I do hope. Even if they're not like together, like officially, I mean, for sure, I mean, this kid is now in the picture and this kid, you know, latched onto them very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be like, well, one of them is going to have to raise the kid, I guess. And since her, her nephews are nowhere to be found, do we trust her with children or do we, <laughs> do we, does she stay with, uh, Chris Pratt? Does she go with, do they stay together? I kind of wonder if they'll just sort of, uh, do like something in the middle where it's like they don't really live together, but they are always around each other and they're sort of doing this together like a co-parenting thing. Now that you've talked about it, I'm with Brandon. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. In, hold on. In the first movie, in the first movie, they are on opposite sides of everything, right? You've got, you've got Claire who's all corporate, all business. I mean, she, she played a big part in like engineering the Indominus Rex and like having that go through. You've got Chris Pratt on the other hand, who's like doing everything that he can to like, you know, make the dinosaurs happy. And he, he can tell like just by the look in their eyes if they're happy or not. You know, like he really has a, he cares for these animals. Now, uh, throughout the course of that movie, Claire watches a Brachiosaurus die in front of her. She's, I mean, it changes her, and we see that transformation in this movie to where she's, like, trying to protect these animals and get them off the island. And now, you know, in this movie, they're they're broken up, but, like, they're brought together again. Now I think, like, both of them have the same kind – like, but in this movie, like – Chris Pratt wasn't going to go back to the island. She had to, t- she had to talk Chris Pratt going back into the island and saving Blue. Mm-hmm. And I think like, okay, so like now we've seen like, you know, reverse ends of the spectrum. In the third movie, maybe they should be on the same page and together and fighting this together as man and woman trying to, you know, fight together to, to make this a better world and protect the dinosaurs or. Mm, I don't I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want. I, I, 
God, where do, where do we go? Like, is, is, it, is it all just about eradicating dinosaurs or is it just like, do we jump ahead in the future and it's just like, man now has to live with dinosaurs out in the wild. Just like we live with, you know, like fucking like, you know, pumas and bears and shit. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's the direction you have to go if the intent is to make three plus more movies. Like yeah. if you're making one more movie, then I guess we're we're you know hunting them down or whatever. But that, mm-hmm. that's not the message they're trying to deliver, no. right? It's it's, yeah. it's trying to live together with the dinosaurs. Yeah, so yeah. I think you're onto that. So Trevorrow, uh, we got a post credit scene in this one. It was a uh, we saw the three pteranodons. Also, when we saw the pteranodons flying in the in the. Uh, uh, the setting sun, it reminded me of the end of Jurassic World when we saw the pelican flying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Mm. In the setting yeah. sun. So I thought that was kind of cool. But in the post credit scene, we got a flock of Pteranodon flying around uh, Paris's Las Vegas Eiffel uh, Tower replica there in Las Vegas. So they, they kind of landed and perched there. So it's basically saying like, yeah, these things are moving and they're moving fast. And it was kind of, I just thought it was a cool, I know it wasn't a lot. I know people were like, I didn't want to sit around the wait for that. But like on the flip side, it's like, it's basically showing us like, this is what it looks like when a pteranodon is in Las Vegas. Kind of a <laughs> wacky visual and something that you'll never see really from a lot of other movies. And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, pteranodons in Vegas. This is happening. <laughs> yeah, this felt like a real troll job of a post-credit sequence to me. Like, as much as I complain about the Marvel ones, this was like, oh, I'm sure okay. Like, I'm all about post-credit scenes, like Brian, but I was actually a little annoyed by this one too, because like, I just wanted, a, it, just give me even a couple more seconds. Like, it wasn't even the scene itself; it was just so short, and I was just like, literally, I just sat through. A, and it's not like I had to do anything. It was just like, oh god, I, I god forbid you have to him. sit through Michael G. Kino's score. It wasn't even that. It was just I wanted more of the scene. I wanted more of the movie. I just wanted to keep watching it more, and I wanted to see. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know. I already saw that they were in yeah. the world with the Mosasaurus t- taking down surfers in the ocean. You know, I and I, I don't have a problem with the scene itself. I just wanted it to be a little longer. Maybe then I don't know. I just wanted it to be a little longer, but I don't. What, what, you, what you wanted to sit down at the craps table? Yeah, <laughs> you wanna, I, I want to see what they can do on the table. Play a sure. fucking hand of blackjack, like like. <laughs> I was um I was actually really taken aback to see that Giacchino scored this. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job in the last movie, and the whole movie thought he wasn't back because I, I thought the score like I that's the kind of thing I need to see it a couple more times. But oof, man, it it was not as good as even Jurassic World. And maybe he was too busy for Incredibles 2 or the other other movies he was doing. But I thought the score was very underwhelming, especially for a Giacchino score. One of his worst in years. Wow. I don't know. I need to watch it again. <laughs> I'm going to see it in 3D and get better sound and everything. So I really need to check it out again, honestly. I am just a... I am fucking troglodyte. I am just like, (laughs) (laughs) I am just the idiot that loves this movie. Um, Sorry, Brian. Uh, Going back to what you were saying about um, 
what they're going to moving forward with the time jump and everything. Yeah. Do you guys think they're going to go down like the planet of the rape, uh, rapes? Jesus Christ. The oh my God. Age. No, just, just <laughs> they're not going to go down. <laughs> they're not going to go down that way. <laughs> no, I, let's hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm drinking a little bit. Dr. Zayas, stop it. Cornelius, help me. <laughs> oh god that was horrible um but uh, you, you, like do you think that it's going to be some because i feel like the technology like that we have now today like i don't feel like that amount of dinosaurs is going to be that big of an issue i just feel like there's going to have to be another i don't want to say a plague but something that really deters humans from getting to these dinosaurs or or, I don't know, depleting us in some way. I, I just feel like the amount of dinosaurs on the loose isn't that big of a problem. Well, it's not a big problem right now, but as soon as they start cloning them, mm. and remember when they left the facility, there were dinosaur eggs, we still saw that stupid suitcase with all the uh, blood samples, etc. There's going to be more. Like, it's not just like, okay, we've got 11 dinosaurs in the world. We're good to go. Like, there's going to be a <laughs> lot more of them by the third movie. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, yeah. Be. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like Gremlins 2, man. Just all different kinds. They're, they're going to be wearing makeup and <laughs> dresses. <laughs> Electric powers. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. <laughs> um, Trevorrow talked about the end of the movie. He said, it's not a cliffhanger, but it's designed for people to want to know what's going to happen next. Whereas the earlier Jurassic Park movies had pretty clear definitive endings, they were much more episodic. In working with Derek Connolly, my co-writer, we were also thinking about where it was going to go in the future. So, uh, future Jurassic Park films, like, what are we going to get? It, we know it's going to come out in three years. It comes out June 11th, 2021. Chris Pratt and Bryce, Hallis, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are returning to reprise their roles. Colin Trevorrow is coming back to actually direct this one. So J.A. Boyan is not going to. Colin Trevorrow would have directed this one, but he was working on Star Wars. Of course, we know what happened there with Episode Nine. He was taken off the project. But Colin Trevorrow is now coming back to direct again. Um Yes, there are going to be no genetically engineered hybrids in the third film. This was promised hmm. by Trevorrow, who said we will be getting back to basics. And he's calling this new one a science thriller. Oh, I like the sound of that. That's interesting. Uh, I hope he's got some really interesting ideas that he's going to present. I, I like that quote you said, Brian, by the fact that he's calling out that this is not a cliffhanger all but guarantees a time jump because the definition of a cliffhanger is like picking up after yes. the moment that you leave off. And yeah. by defining that this is not a cliffhanger is basically saying that, yes, there will be a time jump. So yeah. that, that's an interesting quote. Good pull. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca, I think me and you were kind of like on the same page that, and I'm not saying you didn't want this, Jake, but like, I felt like the way this kind of ended up, like the only interesting story that we can get from here is to do that time jump and to show like what the world is like now. What is the world like now that uh corporation or like not even corporations really. I mean, we don't know who like who we don't know who was bankrolling these guys to show up, you know, and purchase these dinosaurs. I mean, this is not this is not corporate greed. This is human greed at this point. So let's see like Who's doing? Who's doing what with what dinosaurs? When we go back into this world, it's kind of crazy. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've kind of 180 on it. Just talking to you guys about it, it's kind of the Spielberg Lucas way of storytelling, right? You don't, you don't tell it linear like that. You just jump right into the action, and it, it definitely is going to be more exciting. Just kind of not 100 percent knowing the scope of things, mm. unless they show it all to you in the trailer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or TV spots. Yeah, I'll just be upset if we don't get like you know like if we don't get characters like Franklin back. You know, I want I want to see Franklin come back and some of these characters come back. Which one was Franklin? He was the hacker tech guy, the IT guy. Oh, I hated that guy. I was hoping he would be the exception what? of the good guy that could die. Huh. Oh, I, I, I like I liked character. him. He was so the, the, his reactions to things that weren't. And Rebecca, you alluded this to this as well, and I think that he was kind of a master at this as well. Is like when he would scream when a dinosaur was getting close. Yeah, his reactions. <laughs> great. His reactions were great. And Rebecca, you kind of like likened it to yourself. Like that's me. Like that's oh, yeah, that would have been me. That's <laughs> my analog on the island. I am that guy. You know. Like, oh, absolutely. For as much as I want to say, like, yes, I'd be the Owen. There's no way. Like, I would. There's no way I would be like Owen. You know, I don't know who my analog would be, but it's not Owen. Like, I am not Bear Grylls. On fucking <laughs> Jurassic Park, right? It, like, so, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I realized I didn't like that character, I kind of paid extra close attention to make sure the character was actually useful. And I, I will give the movie that. Like, there's no there's no holes there. Like, it was like, okay, I got to stomach it because they do need this guy. So He's way better than the girl in the original Jurassic Park who says, I'm a hacker. And then, like, <laughs> I, I, I know this program. <laughs> I've worked this with this program before. And then I'm doing computer stuff that nobody knows about in 1993, so it won't catch up with us until about 10 years later. Later, when people realize that this is fucking dumb, and so like, <laughs> yeah, I like that girl five hundred million times more. No, fuck that little girl. Oh, fuck that. Uh, fuck that little girl. Like <laughs> Franklin is so much. Franklin's so much better. I love the fact, like you know, you've got Wheatley, this mercenary guy that they hired there. He's like. And Franklin just got to the control panel, and Wheatley's like, "Are, are you going to be able to get in there, kid? Are you going to be able to get in there, Tiger?" And then he opens it up and he's like, yeah, I, I got it, Tiger. I was just like, yeah, that yeah. was when I gave him the Jake. That was exactly when I gave him the Jake seal of approval. And I was like, okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 I enjoyed his character a whole lot, yeah. but I, I'm a big fan of that actor. He was in, um, a Netflix series, uh, that I watched called The Get Down, which I think you guys did not watch. Um, but I loved his character. He was like the main character in that series. And I was so transfixed by him that, you know, when I heard that he was going to be in this movie, I was super excited to see what he would do. And it's nice to see him getting like different roles and, um, just kind of branching out from what he was doing b before. Uh, but I, I, I loved his character. Like, I think for me, he was probably, he, he was one of my favorite characters in, in this movie. Yeah. I liked him. I liked the little girl. I thought the little girl was great. I really enjoyed her. And I liked the fact that when she was crawling, like when she was uh, escaping out of her room and like walking around the house uh, on the outside of the house that she didn't like like a part of the house didn't break off and she almost slipped and fall yeah. and she's holding on to something has got to pull herself back up and we're worried about that no it's like she's a little girl she's probably done this before 
And she just does it like she always does it. Like, I hate it when they fucking throw that in the movies where, like, somebody's walking on the outside of the house and, like, something breaks. And uh, uh, I was like, don't do that. Extra attention for no reason. Yeah. I'm just glad that this girl is, like, got cat-like reflexes and she's just able to walk around like it's nobody's business on the top of this mansion. She's She's no fucking Brand Stark. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) Game of Thrones season one. Yeah. (laughs) Episode one. (laughs) From eight years ago. But, um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. I They can throw in more cheese. I do not give a shit. I am just having a great time watching dinosaurs do what dinosaurs do. I don't, I don't know, man. There's yeah, something they, bring, they bring the cheese. I bring the wine. That's pretty uh, much the formula well, now. I guess. I'll bring the money. They have no money for, <laughs> until I die. I, I just don't care. If they're on the moon, I'm going. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> oh, I still can't help but, like, no matter what they do, though, I can't look away from the franchise because of just how much I love that first movie. Like, ah, oh, Brian, when you changed our cover photo on our Facebook page, I was like, I'd, I'd even already seen the movie, but I was like, yeah, I still fucking love this. <laughs> Did you guys think the opening logo was kind of weird? Like in the the opening credit scene and like the very three D fiery logo, did that guys did that seem kind of odd to you guys at all? No, no. I wanted it to I wanted it to pop out of the screen and shoot lava in my goddamn face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I watch it in two D though too. Yeah, so. I'm not such a purist when it comes to this kind of stuff as you guys are. I guess I don't know. I mean, I I had no problem with it really. I, I noticed the fonts were the same, the classic Jurassic Park fonts in the in the credits or the opening credits and stuff. So that was kind of nice. Yeah, I like quick openings like that, especially for popcorn action movies. I think it's a little bit stupid when you have a long winded like opening credit sequence. Like I'm a big fan of the here's the title go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing Independence Day, as much as I hate that movie, really uh, ushered the way for for action popcorn movies. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> it's so bad. Independence Day, the first one? Oh, yeah. I oh, love yeah. it. It's all right. I mean, it has its I, moments. I've just, I, I don't know why. I've just seen it so many times. It's it's like unwatchable now with some of the, the special effects and stuff. I, I'm but. more of a sucker for Armageddon. Oh, oh I love yeah, Armageddon. I love Armageddon. Oh, my so God. When, when fucking, when Bruce Willis is like, you know, like when they pull the straws or whatever. And then Bruce Willis, like, you know, they, Ben Affleck's the one that's gotta, like, sacrifice himself, but Bruce Willis pushes him out. He's like, no, mm. I'm doing it. And then he gives a speech <laughs> to his daughter and shit. Like, I'm fucking, oh, I'm balling. I'm balling. Yeah. I remember I going into hate Aerosmith, but I still get goosebumps <laughs> from that fucking song. Oh, me too. I, I don't wanna fall asleep, cause I don't wanna miss a thing. <laughs> You know, I remember going, I was like, I was like walking in Circuit City years ago. Like they're showing it off on like one of the first HD TVs. And I'm sitting, cause of course it's like one of the first HD TVs. We'd never seen HD before. So like, there I am. I'm like, I'm in a Circuit City. They've got an HD TV and they're playing Armageddon. And it was a bad idea because I'm literally crying in front of a <laughs> Circuit City employees, you know, watching yeah. that scene. Man, Michael Bay movies were like all the first movies to go HD too. I remember that. It's one of the reasons I kind of love Michael Bay 
because of like Bad Boys and Bad Boys Two and The Rock and Armageddon being some of those first oh, movies God. that you ever saw. There's in, like, nobody high definition. There's nobody that can capture sunsets that better than that guy. Right <laughs> when Nicolas Cage has the green smoke going and and the suns, there's a sunset in that scene, isn't there? Oh God, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. known for sunsets. <laughs> like even That's... even Transformers movies, I think there was like a sunset glistening off of Megan Fox's angelic face in Transformers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the sun glaring off her freakish thumb. Mm. <laughs> That's right, people. Google Megan Fox's thumbs. You'll know what he's talking no, about. Don't don't Google it. Don't do it. <laughs> never unsee it. Oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, it's just the, the HD level of those Michael Bay movies. It was bad. Bad Boys 2 was fucking the prettiest thing you'd ever seen back oh, when yeah. HD first came out. Absolutely. I remember, yeah, and then, uh, God, remember The Cell when that came out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Fucking The Cell was just amazing when it first came out. Like, not the best J-Lo. Movie. J-Lo, but not the best movie, but my God, it was, it looked pretty. Looks yeah, fucking I'll pretty. give the movie that though. I still remember it. Like, there's some really disturbing shit that I'll never forget. Right? Yeah. Like the, twirling the intestine out of the person's body on like the the spick, like the Ewoks used to cook food. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember the first time I saw that, and like the first time I saw that was on, uh, on DVD. I didn't go to the theater and see it, but I saw it on DVD, and I was just like, oh my god. So yeah, yeah. fucked up. All right, guys. Yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, we basically, I think this is the first episode where we got every single rating. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, was, I don't think we've ever done the toss oh, it, wait, wait. Tupperware. Well, this was not every, we didn't get a taste it. We got a toss it, a low taste it, a high taste it, and a Tupperware. So nobody gave it a taste it because we didn't have, but like, I would say I think this is this might be one of the first episodes where we've had four people on and everybody gives a different rating. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, high five for us for that. That's pretty great. So we yeah, basically <laughs> we are all over the place. Um no apologies for me. Like I don't care like you can tweet me um and say uh Brian this movie was shit and um I will I will look you straight in the goddamn eye and tell you I love Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I loved it. I don't care what you said. I don't care. I don't care. No apologies. And I just dropped my beer. <laughs> yeah. In many ways, I'm jealous. I wish I could just shut her down and just like, ah, just fall into the fun. Chris Pratt was great, but oh, man. Uh, I just couldn't do it. Did you guys notice that like, his hand did like brush up against that lava and flip that lava and he, his hand was unscathed? I did oh, not no. notice that. <laughs> yes, watch the movie again uh, if you can, Jake. Um, but because uh, I know you didn't, I'm like waiting it. for home release now. But uh, I'm definitely seeing it again. So I'll check I am. It out. I can't wait. Tuesday, I'm gonna go see it for like a buck. I cannot wait. Um, 3D IMAX 3D on the biggest screen. Dinosaurs, sexy Rexy. Show me what you can do. And uh, but yeah, there's a part where um, Chris Pratt like. Where he's near that lava and his hand, I, it looks like, cause like when he moves his hand up and he swings, a bunch of lava flies up. Unless when he moves his hands, a bunch of lava popped. Cause I know they, mm. it can have, it, lava can pop, you know, you, like the air bubbles or whatever and it can pop. It just seemed really weird. Like 
he almost like flicked it with his hand and his hand was unscathed. And we saw it like basically just like mowing down trees and like, you know, bones dissolving in it. It was just like, you know, thousands of degree of heat. And it was, it did nothing to his hand there in that scene unless it popped. Was that cool in 3D, by the way? Because, like, that scene, I was watching it, and I kind of was wondering, because the lava, I don't want to say it looked weird in 2D, but mm-hmm. it looked, it was really sticking out to me, but I felt like it could have been really cool in 3D. I thought everything looked great in 3D, to be quite honest with you. Everything looked great in 3D. It, a lot of things looked actually better on 3D. I did have some problems watching it in 2D with some of the special effects. Um Some of the special effects didn't look as great in the 2D as they did in the 3D. Okay. I buy what you're saying 100% there because that's what you're you're filming this movie towards that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I felt that about Infinity War as well because I saw it in 2D first. In 3D, it looked so much better. I mean, you still have the bad Ruffalo stuff at the end, but, like, for the most part, anything that was weird to me was kind I don't say fixed, but it wasn't noticeable in 3D. Mm. Yeah. Man, this is, this is made to watch in IMAX 3D. In my opinion, a, a lot of this was filmed in uh, IMAX. So, I'd say yeah, our fucking it. AMC sucks, dude. Our AMC turned into an AMC classic this week. Did it really? Yeah. Fucking a. You know, uh, yeah. I want to tell. I was talking about this with Jake a couple weeks ago. There, there, you go to the AMCs and like, there's AMC dining theaters and there's other AMCs that have like bars in them and stuff like that. And then they have what's called an AMC classic. All an AMC classic is, is an AMC that they haven't renovated and done shit to. It's your same old fucking theater, whatever it was called before, whatever the fuck it was called before. They just call it AMC classic because they haven't even done anything. They might not have even swept the fucking floor. They might've not (laughs) scraped. They might have not even scraped the gum off the underneath the seat that you're sitting on. That's what an AMC classic is. AMC classic is crap. Never even heard of it before. Oh, they throw it up on the screen. AMC classic. It's up on the screen. They throw it up on the screen. AMC classic. It's a big fucking metal finger. Middle finger to people that are going to these theaters because I there's a. AMC in Springfield that has a bar. It has the recliners that you can sit in and you can like, you can, it's got like the electronic recliners that you can move back and forward and whatever. And that's an AMC. There's the dine-in ones where you can hit like the button and have somebody serve you food or drinks or whatever. Um, they have some that aren't dine-in but have food and alcohol that you can drink out in the bar or you can take the alcohol in the theater with you. They just won't serve you while you're in the theater. But like the ones that they don't do shit to, they just call them anti classics. And they don't <laughs> the ones that they don't show three D showings of IMAX movies yes. anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's why Jake, like I drove the forty five minutes away and I went to the Warenberg in Bloomington because like they have the IMAX three D. So uh, it's the yeah. best. Fucking with work and shit, man. Ugh. How, how does Peoria not have a decent fucking movie theater at this point? Oh god! I just don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's local problems. Let's talk about. Yes, yeah. yeah, I'm sure everyone's. All of our international <laughs> listeners are fascinated oh, about. Shit. Rebecca, Rebecca, theaters. you don't have to deal with this stuff because you're in New York. 
I mean, yeah, to a degree, like we, we don't have AMC classics here. Of course you don't. Say, they would not. <laughs> but no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I will say that the AMC in Times Square, they should just call it an AMC classic because it sounds exactly like what you're telling me the AMC classics are. It's terrible. The one in Times Square is shit. The seats are falling apart. Uh, the light isn't great. Mm. Like it's not good. It's just, it's, it needs to be renovated. So. Seriously. Like we the, just have the, the crappy ca- theaters in Times Square. <laughs> the carpet at an AMC Classic might as well just be like scratch and sniff to where it smells like urine and old popcorn. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, terrible! Like there's no, like you're not smelling anything, but as soon as you scratch it, it's just like oh, that's that smells like fucking like cherry coke and piss. <laughs> Everything's yeah, <we're>, moist. <laughs> we're not seeing anything in this garbage theater anymore, Brian. Next Star Wars movie, I'm coming to you. Yeah, well, we need to go to, we'll go to, we'll go to Bloomington and go to the Warenberg. It's. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Like, Warenberg theaters are, they have the weirdest intro though. Like, I, I want to play it on the podcast one time. I'm like, excited. I love weird theater intros. I miss that kind of thing. It's, uh, it goes, it, you hear like, they, it, they show like, they, they're really like, it's self, uh, I don't know if any of our listeners have ever been to a Warenberg, but it's like, it's really self-righteous. This is the intro. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's the Warenberg chain Hold out on. here. Same. Like, yeah, we don't have that chain out here, Warenberg. Like, what they, do they say? At the beginning, it's a it's a big crown, and it's like you've got like this uh, golden crown, and it's got like this uh, inside the crown. It's like velvet, like that's what like the king would put his head in, like this beautiful mm-hmm. velvet. But on mm-hmm. the outside, it's a crown, and that's their logo. And like, uh, and they show like Warenberg over the years, like the early 1900s, and like they show like people with canes and shit, and like these weird fucking hats, and maybe that big bicycle with the huge wheel on. It. I don't know. Maybe they show that. I don't know. But like old timey <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. hear like these backup singers singing Warenberg, Warenberg theaters. And then all of a sudden it's weird. You hear you hear this whisper. You hear this whisper, and the whisper is Warenberg. Oh my god! Then, hold on, yes. hold on. I'm so intrigued. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then, oh my god! And then. And then and then after that, Illinois just to see this. <laughs> you keep, but you keep, you keep hearing the whisper. You keep hearing the whisper. It doesn't stop. It keeps going. Warenberg, Warenberg. Oh, is it Yes, yes. And you hear it from different speakers. And then, oh no, I kid you not. Every time at every showing I've ever been to, after it gets done and you hear the last Warenberg, there's somebody in the crowd that goes Warenberg. <laughs> and like that's what every, they want it works yes and everybody laughs in the theater hold on after we after we end this episode i will i know it's on youtube i will play the warenberg i will play the oh. warenberg intro for our listeners to hear this shit i'm not waiting i'm finding this shit now warenberg, <laughs> warenberg theaters warenberg warenberg is it spelled like it sounds it's w e h r e n b u r g boom Nailed it. I'm impressed. How the hell? Mm. All right. Are we, are we ready to end this shit? <laughs> yeah. Warenberg yeah. Theater's intro song. Are you, you going to play it now? <laughs> you won't be able to hear it, but I'll be able to hear it. Uh, can you? Th- oh, yeah. Well, oh. Well, then, okay. I'll, I'll play it after we end this bad movie. Well, it's like, it starts like a Bollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this can't be real. Oh, it's totally real, dude. They play this before every movie. 
Oh, then it's that guitar so, comes in. Oh, it's the amazing. graphics are from the '90s hardcore. Oh, totally. I can't believe they still play this. Oh, they do. They do every Redberg. movie. It's a beautiful theater, though. It really is. It's such a nice theater. They have stadium seating. Um, it's really. I was wanting. To, I was actually thinking. You know, Brandon. Let me throw this out there. Like, I'm not a big fan of D box, but I'm actually thinking about seeing Jurassic world fallen kingdom and d box uh is that like that's like the shit where they like spray you with shit right no 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 no. that's uh this is where they have like the the shocks and transducers underneath the seat that move you up and down and okay and uh um huh like, I mean, I would definitely do it. I don't think we have anyone, any of those around us in I, Michigan. There's one 45 minutes away from me. And like, you can like, so like, think about like in Jurassic World when like, uh, the T-Rex is chomping away at something or, you know, like, like the seat literally moves up and down and shakes you all over the place. I mean, I would be down. I definitely would like to try that, especially for like a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. I don't know if it wor- would work with every movie, but I could definitely like like a summer popcorn I did it. movie. I did it for the, <laughs> the last um, Lord of the Rings movie. They had it. See, that seems like not enough like action. Not enough action, but you know, like there's a lot of lulls in between, I no, guess. I it was The Hobbit. It was The Hobbit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I would definitely try. I just literally don't think we have any around us here. Yeah. What are you saying, Jake? What do you? What do you? We're on. I'm uh, trying to wrap this. I don't even remember. Let's wrap it. I, if what I was saying is stopping us from wrapping it, no, I no, no, no. Up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean it. That was All sincerity. Right. All right. After after this is over, I'm gonna play the Werenberg intro so everybody can hear it, and then the episode will be over. So I I listened to it twice already. <laughs> Werenberg. It's seriously like a a PowerPoint presentation. It's crazy. Werenberg. Um. <laughs> It's so weird. It's so creepy when I'm in the theater and I have to watch this thing. It's like it's I'm almost embarrassed for the people that made it, you know? Like I I feel like I need to put my head down, you know? Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. We're having to watch this. But okay, here we are. We're in the moment. Whatever. Wernberg. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, I wanna thank Rebecca, I wanna thank you for uh joining us for this episode. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. And Brandon, yeah, thanks a lot for joining this episode. Any final thoughts before you wrap, man? Um, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had fun. I had fun. All Don't right. rape the planet or whatever. I oh, said. my God. Like- planet of the rapes. <laughs> oh, my God. That will automatically be my least favorite Jurassic World sequel. Planet of yeah. the Rapes. Not a fan. As it, as it should be. <laughs> Toss that. I pre toss that. Oh my god. Oh, pre tossing. I can't believe. Like, where was your mind there, buddy? I don't know. I'm freezing it right now. But I'm just just freezing it. Wow. I'm tossing it. I'm tossing it. I don't know. It's the Stella. It's blame it on the Stella. Oh my god. No, it was one of the most amazing. Hilarious things I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Like, no, it's. I weigh a mute button for sure on that one. It's, 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 yeah. Like, because it was a slip up, right? 
Well, right. yeah. I, I mean, I hope it wasn't like a weird Freudian thing. Yeah. I, mean, it was, it was like, it, I didn't mean to say it. If that's yeah, what I don't know. I don't really want to read like a weird headline about you next week. What I'm saying. That's the last we ever heard from him. And this is the yeah. episode no one ever gets to hear. Exactly. <laughs> Planet of the Rapes. Wow, it's so aggressive, Brandon. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was. I mean, the, there might be a Kickstarter already. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> I think we landed on the wrong planet. <laughs> oh, wow. Lots of wow. free drinks on that planet, though. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of damn dirty rapes there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Cosby greets you. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, free- that was my Bill Cosby, oh god. <laughs> that was good. Three drinks as far as the eye can see on Planet of the Race. All right. Yeah, we're going to end this bad boy. Um, and just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thanks for listening and thank you for your patronage. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. 